This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show, live on your YouTube machine. Big shout out to everybody over the weekend. Thank you so much for supporting The Monty Show. You guys remember last Thursday when we were all celebrating and giving away $100 gift cards to Amazon because we had broken 25,000 subscribers on the show? Yeah, that was 2,425 subscribers ago. So the show is exploding thanks to you. Couldn't do this without you. Couldn't do it without the advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business. The advocates, because you never pay the advocates. Well, really, you never reach into your pocket. You don't pay them unless and until they win your case. Had a mental freeze there. Yeah, it's all right. But it's, it's fine. I've only said this a million times in my life. The advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business. Chat with an attorney live online right now. No cost for free. Theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. And a massive day of news uh, for you on the uh, showgram today. A lot to get to. Yes, we will talk Dallas Cowboy football. Yes, we will talk USC. Yes, Jake. Your boy did not cover the 30 points like you promised me he would. Yeah, and I got a problem with it. Idiot. Uh, Notre Dame covered. Notre Dame football. We're winning the national championship, right? You know, it's all good. It is all good. But today, we are going to start with breaking news in the ACC because I think this has long-reaching implications about the structure of college football. And as we've been telling you on the show for about the last 10 days, the ACC has ebbed and flowed up and down, close and far, from ACC expansion with Stanford, Cal, and SMU. We reported Friday on the show that ESPN had really started throwing its weight around. Sources had told us that ESPN reached out to uh, the Big 12 and had you know cursory conversations Uh, about the Big 12 adding uh, Stanford and Cal. I never heard that the Big 12 was in any conversation to add Oregon and Washington State. I know others out there have reported that. I am telling you directly, my sources told me, the conversations that ESPN had with the Big 12 centered on Stanford and Cal. Um, And that, I am told, really moved the ACC because ESPN has had significant momentum to getting Stanford and Cal into a P5. They thought they had it done in the ACC. Florida State threw a wrench into the whole equation, back things up a little bit. But from what our sources are telling us and what is being widely reported now, the ACC will either expand tonight or tomorrow. They would really like to get this done before week one of the season kicks off. Um, Obviously, that is Thursday uh, with Utah and Florida here in Salt Lake City. But this is a big deal. It changes the face of college football because not only does this expand the ACC, but I think one of the details that a lot of people are forgetting about, the impact that this has on the automatic qualifiers. We told you last week, 
our sources in college football were telling us that the automatic qualifiers were going to be very different for the 2024 season. And in a matter of two days, the college football playoff committee is going to meet and they are going to decide probably in the next 90 days how teams are selected, which teams are going to get an automatic qualifier in that, hey, the Power Four conference champions are automatically in and one G5 is automatically in for five. Now, where are you going to get the other seven? And I think that is a huge part of ACC expansion because the moment the Stanford and Cal leave the Pac-12, college football is over as we know it. And Jake, I wonder, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, a conference dying in college football is never a good thing. I mean, that's obviously not ideal. That's obviously not what anybody wants. But at the same time, I do think it's the natural progression, whether we like it or not. You know, I, I think that's where the business of college athletics is going. We're, we're consolidating. We're, we want to bring, we want to pare down the power conferences, but make them bigger at the same time. Uh, and, and, and so to me, yeah, I think it's good on one hand, but it's bad on the other. I don't like the idea of the SEC and the Big Ten having the most say in automatic qualifiers and how the college football playoff works. But at the same time, I can't make a case as to why they shouldn't have that say and why they shouldn't have that control because they've been the ones that have been doing the winning. So what case can we say or what reason can we come up with for them not having that control and that say? So is it good or bad for college football? Yeah, I think for the most part, the direction of college football is going in a, generally speaking, good direction. But I think under that, there are some asterisks, as there are with anything. Again, this this auto qualifier thing with the college football playoff, I think could be, you know, could be excellent. It could be outstanding. But I also think if you mess it up, it could do real damage to the lower end power four school or the upper end G5 school having any chance at anything to do with playoff money because it's not good enough to go to the holiday bowl anymore or to go to some you know, just average rando bowl game anymore. That doesn't really move the needle anymore. You have to get into the college football playoff. And so I love that we've expanded the playoff, but now we're mitigating that by saying two conferences get to control, you know, essentially uh, almost half of who gets in. I mean, that's, that's a struggle. That's difficult. That's not easy. So, yeah, I think college football, generally speaking, is pretty healthy, but... I think it could go really negatively if this stuff is not handled correctly. You think college football is healthy? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, because we're all still talking about it. We're all still obsessing on it. We're all still, you know, doing, we're all still driving the cycle. You know, I mean, I think, you know, generally speaking with sporting leagues, professional or otherwise, you start to get in an unhealthy place when you're not relevant anymore. So, you know, for college football specifically, yeah, I think it's incredibly healthy. I... I think we don't know the answer to that question. And I think when we talk about the health and the vitality of college football, one of the biggest questions I have is what does this expansion contraction game do to the average fan? Because I think there's a, a large portion of college football fans who are going to love this expansion. It is going to center the power on the Big Ten and the SEC, in my opinion. I do not think this grows the profile of or the power or influence of the ACC. I think it's certainly this expansion makes the ACC more money, but the center of power in the college football world is the Big Ten and the SEC. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any question about that. And I, I, you know, if it matters or not, I don't know. But I think the ACC, 
um, becomes the fourth conference even after this expansion because I still think the Big 12 has raised its profile so significantly that I think its influence now is third. If we put, and I would put it at the SEC one, especially after expansion, I think the Big, the Big 10 is two. And I think the Big 12 is three with the ACC coming in fourth. Thanks. But here's the problem that I have with this expansion. It is going to alienate anybody that's not at the top of these P4 conferences. Because when you look at the Big 10, I, I have a hard time. And I know that you're going to rail on Lincoln Riley later. But I, I have a hard time believing that the, the Big Ten's not going to get three, four teams a year into this thing. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time believing that the SEC's not going to get three teams into this thing. I have a hard time believing that the ACC's not going to get two and maybe three. Like the, 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 the real issue is, when do we go from 12 to 16? Because with all of this consolidation, and I call it consolidation, others love to call it expansion, I think the college football power center is shrinking. Right. It's not growing, it's shrinking. And I think when you look at these conferences, what are you going to say to the Big 12 when they're boxed out and they can only get one, their conference champion, or, or maybe another one in there? What if Utah comes in and wins the conference in – you know, somehow TCU is left on the outside looking in or Texas Tech or whoever, that's going to create significant problems in, in, in the college football world. And I, I also think that the SEC is not going to be boxed out of anything. I think we are headed for more turmoil. I don't think that we're getting more answers necessarily. I think we are getting more opportunity but I think the only place this goes is you're going you're gonna to consolidate to expand. You're not doing ACC expansion uh, you know, because you want to shrink the ACC. You're doing it to make more money and garner more reach. Mm -hmm. And it does that significantly for the ACC. But does that help the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12? It does not. Mm -hmm. But those conferences – already have significant revenue and reach. Well, yeah, and I think the SEC and the Big Ten, uh, we're not going to be talking about six teams combined between those two. We're talking about eight because you know both of the conference champions are going to be in there, and then you know they have a good opportunity to send two to three more each. And, and I think that, again, it's hard because on one hand I want to say, yeah, it's really unfortunate that these two conferences are going to eat, but ultimately why do we play the game? Yeah. Well, we play the game to win. That's and, right. And, and I don't know – any other way around it but hey if you win you should be rewarded for that but again it's not hey did tcu have a good season or oklahoma or you know who whoever you want to point to it's not hey did you have a good season it's hey did you put together a resume on paper and on the field that garners national respect because again you know like Lincoln Riley, I respect him. The guy, Bill Tiesman's, he takes you to the playoff, absolutely. But he himself has to take this next level, especially for the Big Ten, because the Big Ten, it's not going to be good enough to just have Ohio State in there every year and then Michigan once every three. That's not going to be good enough if you want to keep up with the SEC. The Big Ten needs Lincoln Riley to go from being a conference winner and a quarterback maker. He needs to go from that to a national championship contender every single year at USC, as does Oregon, as does Washington. You need those teams to really push your conference forward. I believe that Brett Yormark has that. I believe the Utahs of the world will help push the Big 12 forward. 
The problem is, is the SEC has been doing this for years already. The SEC doesn't need to change anything. The SEC doesn't need to go to the Pacific time zone. They have everything they need, and they've had it for, what, 20 years? Like, that's the issue when we talk about expansion or, as I agree, consolidation is what it should be called. Yeah, and, and the other part of this that I think is so fascinating is the impact that ESPN had on this process with the ACC because I think there was clearly a change Saturday um, is when I first started hearing about this. I, I, there was clearly a change in what Florida State was asking for. And I think at some point, Florida State had to recognize that them singularly getting a larger piece of the revenue pie in the ACC was not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think Florida State pushed and pushed until they recognized that there was no way forward for them. There was no path forward because, A, they're not in demand as a brand. They are not. They are not in demand in the ACC. You know, people don't view them from what my sources are telling me. People don't view Florida State as an integral part of the ACC. And I understand that. I completely understand that. I think it was ESPN making it known that they were talking to the Big 12 about potentially adding Stanford and Cal. And I don't believe, as we've talked about on this show, I don't believe that the Big 12 ever entertained it. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to go to 20 teams. Nobody. And if you add four teams from the Pac-12, you're going to 20. If you had two, you're at 18. Your flexibility is gone. Yeah. And I don't believe for a second that the Big 12 was ever going to add Stanford account. We've talked about this. I don't believe that the politics, as much as I don't believe the politics of Stanford and Cal fit in the ACC, they do not. They certainly do not fit in the Big 12. Well, and I think brand for brand, Stanford and Cal fit better in the ACC, just generally speaking. And and I think that nobody really likes to talk about it, and, and we're not here to have some long, uh, you know, uh, long, you know, winded political conversation. Yeah, wrong know, show. Wrong, wrong show. show, right? Like, we're not trying to have that conversation, but the reality of the situation is, uh, that politics do come into play when you're talking about California schools. It, it just is what it is, and specifically Northern California. There is, there are beliefs and and certain things thought, and that came into play with ACC expansion, no doubt about it. But again, as we continue to see in college football, the the urgency to survive far outweighs what you think of somebody, and and that's why I say I I I think that. Stanford and Cal getting into the ACC. And again, I know it's not official. It's not done yet, but we're heading that direction. Yeah. That take that kind of movement taking place shows you how desperate the ACC is to fortify their, their ranks. Cause they understand that they're not going to have UNC and Duke forever. They're not going to have Clemson forever. Like there, I, I legitimately think that there is a belief that, you know, Hey, like w five years from now, we don't know exactly where we're going to be. We don't know where the college football landscape and you know college athletic landscape will be in five years so we need to add you know it, what we can because we're not the sec we're not the big 10 we're not the big 12 right now we are the acc and we are valuable and we do put on a damn good basketball conference but we don't put on a great football conference right now and we're working on that so let's fortify 
and do everything that we can do to continue to keep our P5 status if if UNC, Duke, Clemson, and Florida State leave, and maybe Miami. But again, this touches on UConn. Yeah. This is why the, the Big 12 was not interested in UConn as a full member. This is, again, why I think that you're looking at the power of college football. You are, you are watching it unfold before your eyes. And I think this is a game changer, man. This is, this is flexibility going forward because I think the Big 12, one of the glaring holes in their mission statement, they did not add a fourth time zone. They did not get to the Pacific time zone. No matter what you think of Arizona time, they did not get to the <laughs> Pacific time zone, right? Yeah. So I think you're in a you're in a predicament there, and I also think that that basketball is is every single day becoming more and more imperative when it comes to athletic department revenues, and I think the ACC is acting wisely. There's nothing wrong with right now adding Stanford and Cal. If you are going to leave them out there for a decade, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. But if in three to five years you're going to go and pick up other West Coast teams, I I, I think you're you're acting in a very fine fashion. The biggest question I, <laughs> I have now, excuse me, is what happens to Oregon State and Washington State? Because as we reported exclusively on the show Friday, Gloria Navarra has crushed it in her calls and meetings with Oregon State and Washington State. They were both very impressed with her and the presentation she made with the conference. Gloria, the commissioner of the Mountain West Conference. I'm for real. Uh, now, Mike, <laughs> Mike Oresco is going to take his swing here, right? which I'm told is today and tomorrow. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt now that Oregon State and Washington State are next. And that is, that is going to be the final nail in the death of the Pac-12. And I, I believe that this is what the other four conferences wanted. Yeah, well, and I think that the Pac-12 is, 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 you know, obviously an example of what can happen. It's obviously an example of what you don't want to happen to your conference. And I think, you know, the other thing that I feel like nobody ever talks about with what happened in the Pac-12 is, is the value of having a savvy commissioner. Because, again, you know, and, and, I, and a lot of people criticize George Klyavkov. Me being one of them, I don't like the job he did, uh, but I just don't think that he was a strong enough personality to be a commissioner in a power conference. And I think that folks like Gloria Navarez and Michael Resco come around and they say, okay, well, a, a power conference just died and we have the opportunity to truly be valuable to power teams. Let's, you know, let's start pushing the ball forward. Let's show them what a quality commissioner can look like. Because if you think that, a power conference isn't going to change commissioners in the next 10 years, you're out of your mind. And I think there's some of that that comes into play. Like for Glory Navarez, you want to come into this conversation, into this meeting room, and you want to say, hey, dude, this is the Mountain West. We're in a great place. This is what we have to offer. And by the way, I'm not going to be an incompetent commissioner that can't you know, have good relationships with our TV partners. And and yes, not all of that was on George. A lot of that was on the presidents wanting 50 a year because they talked to some professor at their school and somehow that professor came up with that crazy-ass calculation. But ultimately, we see the value of, of Greg Sankey. We see the value of Brett Yormark, right? You, you see the value of these commissioners, Tony Petiti, in expansion, what they're able to get done. And, and their experience. And their experience, yeah. Because Brett Yormark comes from entertainment. Tony Petiti in the Big Ten comes from entertainment, NBC, yeah. television. 
I, I yeah, I think it's the future. And I just I look at a power brand like Oregon. Oregon was not going to rest its its future on George Klyovkov. Yeah, they know better. It was just not going to happen. And you add Oregon and Washington with USC and UCLA, the Big Ten can withstand that kind of addition because you add four former partners in the in the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, they can't help but have some unity as much as they disagree and as much as USC wanted to own the West Coast. You, you're going to have some level of unity with those four universities. My bigger question and the, and the thing that I think is really important and I think it is significant here, who's the next power brand to move? Yeah. And is there another power brand left? Because I look at this situation. Is anybody paying attention to what's going on at San Diego State? Yep. This yep. is, and I don't know. I, I, I have been hard on San Diego State. I understand I've been critical of San Diego State. Yet 16,000 people show up for your opening game. No. And your athletic director, J.D. Wicker, went hat in hand via email asking alums and donors to bring their friends, family, and neighbors to the game. Your, your brand new palace of a football stadium, Snapdragon Stadium, holds 35,000 fans. You had 16, and you barely won the game. And I, I can't help but believe that San Diego State is suffering from the Pac-12 style of management that we have seen for the last two years. Mm -hmm. You can't, how does, you're asking people to believe, San Diego State, that you're a P5 at the time level program. Right. And you got 16,000 people to night one of your football program in 2023. And you want the quote unquote pro rata you deserve which is what Adela Adela Torre, the president at San Diego State, said. The pro rata we deserve. Right. You brought 16,000 folks to the barn. And my point is, this is what happens when you, when, when you just wade into very deep waters and you don't know how to swim. San Diego State has crippled themselves as a brand. And I think it's resonating through their fan base I think you were telling me, looking at the attendance numbers, they've never had 35,000 yeah. fans there. Yeah, Snapdragon Stadium obviously has been in existence for about two years or so, give or take. And they've never they've never sold it out. And, and you know, on, on San Diego State football, obviously. And I think that, that the tough part is I, I really do feel like in college athletics, specifically college football, Dude, you got to do your talking through performance. And, yeah. and at a G5 level where San Diego State is, that doesn't mean you got to win a national championship, right? Like, just so we're all on the same page. You don't have to win a national no, championship. No, you don't. All you got to do is be 9-10, and if you're insane, 11 wins. Go go ham on your schedule, and whatever happens in the playoff happens. But but you got to show the big boys that, hey, they can, they're dominating the lower tier what would they do against a power? But slate? I don't even think it's that. I don't even think it's. Don't be an idiot. Like you look at San Diego State. I laugh 
Because I can't believe the letter they wrote to the Mountain West to withdraw, you know, but never withdrew, and then asked for a loan and terms and, and the pro rata we deserve, and we're going somewhere, but we wound up nowhere. And who wants San Diego? Who wants to do business with the people at San Diego State? Yeah, and I think when you're when you're out publicly trying to to disparage Dennis Dodd, you know, I I think that that's an unfortunate look as well, and I think. You know, it, it just is, yeah. You know, look, the, the topic of the show today is not to disparage San Diego State, but I think they haven't done themselves any favors, and I think they're laying in the bed that they made. And this is the culture of college football, though. Not college sports, not college basketball. What's happening in San Diego State with 16,000 fans on opening night, nobody cares about your program because you failed miserably. Because it's garbage. San Diego State will toil under the leadership or lack thereof, of J.D. Wicker and Adela Delatore. Yeah, I agree. Until they are not there anymore. And it's the same thing we're seeing across the country at Northwestern. This situation at Michigan. Did anybody see the offensive coordinator today at Michigan was suspended for week one? Recruiting violations. Um, did you guys hear? Did you guys hear Kenny Dillingham at, at Arizona State? In what is what I can only what I can only think is one of the most remarkable media sessions I have ever seen. The head coach at Arizona State, Kenny Dillingham, met with the media and was immediately asked about the one year self imposed bull ban. This is the single greatest rant that I think I have seen in the last five years from a football coach. And God damn, I wish he was the head coach at Notre Dame. I knew today would be shitty. I mean, they receive horrible news on a Tuesday practice in the morning before uh, we meet for special teams. So to think that 18 to 22 year olds are gonna go out and have a good Tuesday practice is absolutely delusional. But I think the guys battled. The guys did the best they could do. Uh, I was informed this morning at 6.30 a.m. I met with uh, Ray Anderson. Nobody cares about your circumstance. In reality, most people in life would rather see other people fail so they don't have to work hard and actually work hard enough to beat them. So everybody looks at this and like, oh great, Arizona State's not gonna be motivated anymore. That's a win. That's how the majority of the world thinks is nobody wants to work hard to achieve success. They wanna bring other people down lower than them and they can do the exact same work ethic. So if people are looking at us and they're satisfied, they're singing for joy, they're excited because they think there's no way Arizona State football is going to be able to keep their mindset to compete. And that's the challenge is it's us versus us every day. Oh, it's, it's not great, especially on a Tuesday for practice, but it is what it is. And like I told the guys, we, we can't control it. Like you can't control it. Not one person in the country feels bad for us. Stay hard. Is there anybody who doesn't want that man to coach their football team? Dude. I'm a Notre I'm a Dame. Man. I'm a Notre Dame fan. You guys know that. We we because I'm the 56th guy on the roster. Here we go. We won 42 to three over <laughs> in Dublin. And let me tell you, the beer was flowing after the game. Me and the boys hung out. I don't even know who Marcus Freeman is while I'm watching that video. Because Kenny Dillingham got it right. Yeah. And I love it. And I love everything about it. And the worst part of that was him saying, not that we are ineligible for a bowl for a year but that he had to meet with Ray Anderson, the worst athletic director in college athletics today. I knew today would be shitty. At 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is the state of college athletics. You are a have or you are a have not. 
There is no in-between. Arizona State's a have-not. San Diego State's a have-not. Alabama's a have. Alabama and this, this, this damn right, this contrived controversy uh, about Nick Saban not releasing a depth chart. I agree, For dude. the first time in 17 this years. Is, this is some schemers drama. We need to make something Nick up, Nick Saban dude. is just toying with the media. <laughs> the Death Star in Tuscaloosa. Why does he owe you a depth chart? As long as it's released by kickoff, why does he owe you a depth chart? Should we should we get the yard arm out for for Kyle Whittingham who refused to talk about the health of his quarterback and his his best offensive weapon and Brant Keithy today or Cam Rising his quarterback today? It is what it is. Oh my god, the death star of Kyle Whittingham. How dare you? <laughs> Shut up. That, like seriously. It's a depth chart. Who cares? Well, and I think Who the, cares? the answer that the old Sabinator gave was perfect. I, I don't I don't need to we don't we don't need to put it on paper because all that does is cause distractions in the program. And I have to say, I completely agree. I want my guys busting their ass all the way to the first snap, bro. So let's release a depth chart. And here, let me hold the door for you while you head for the transfer portal. Why would he do that? Yeah, I don't know. Milrose, your starting quarterback, if you can't see that, and if that doesn't happen, I'd be shocked. Yeah. I will actually trim my own toenails if that happens. How? I'm not sure because I am the least flexible human ever. But my point is, he knows, they know. But why on earth in this world of scoundrels are we releasing depth charts early when you're Alabama and all eyes are on are on Tuscaloosa? Yeah, I, I'm not doing that. Yeah, there's, it's why? just unnecessary. You've got Florida raked over the hurricane coals currently. The Florida Gators. Gators. Right? Gators. Gainesville. Nice, nice Gators. documentary, bud. Right? So let me get this right. You have a hurricane coming, and they do, multiple. You're going to fly to Dallas tomorrow morning. Tarrant County. You're going to stay in Tarrant County <laughs> for two days, and then you're going to fly to Utah. Now, listen, you guys, I, 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 I understand this. I'm just little old Monty, the talk show host. Could afford to lose a couple pounds there, fat ass. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. <laughs> Let me ask you something. If, if you play at sea level, hey, y'all. quite literally in Florida, they're at sea level. And you have to leave for your game mile high in Salt Lake City almost a week early because of a hurricane. You're going to go and stay in Dallas, excuse me, Tarrant County. Tarrant County, Jerry World, Skeeters. Why don't you just come to Salt Lake City four days <laughs> early strategy, sir. and help your kids assimilate because you're about to get thumped. Yeah. Bro, you're about to get Thumped. Here's the game plan. This ain't Snapdragon. There's going to be 50,000 there, rabid Utah fans and like four Gator fans who are going to be at Rice Eccles <coughs> on Thursday night and they're looking to stomp your face. I'm Shiva, the god of death. You're not winning that game. No, you're not. And Brant Keithy and Cam Rising are playing. Guy, this. College football's not difficult. Let's just drink some buckshot on the Monty show. Hey, Monty.
presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy. Join me, won't you? Us. Two O's and Bucked Up. Two O's and we. I found the uh, weakness in Buckshot. It does not make you a better golfer. What? Now, currently, I am playing terrible golf. Jake had a win... (laughs) Controversy, controversy yeah, on the Monte I, Show. It's a par three. You don't want to give me credit. Whatever, dude. Is I'm I actually whatever. celebrated when it went in the hole. My fucking ass. He did actually. That's true. Twenty or what? Thirty years ago when it went in the hole. Right. I celebrated. Right. Do you know what that's like? These so days? we're playing a golf course, par three. Jake puts a uh, a nine iron or whatever it was. It up was on, a fifty degree wedge. Thank you very much. Puts a wedge up onto the green. We both watch it land. We're like, hey, nice shot, bro, within five feet. Yeah, no, no, never a thought. <clears throat> I, I, honestly, never a thought. It was that not that was a going home in. Yeah. Now, I, who have a broken uh, shaft on my pitching wedge, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I pull out a pitching wedge and I hit a 60 yard shot that goes like 30 yards. Because it's garbage. And uh, being the guy that I am, knowing that I am Eldrick Tiger Monty Woods, right. look at the pitching wedge like, why did you do that? Well, that's because the graphite shaft is splintered, so it's Hmm. broken. So the buckshot's not going to help you when you have a broken shaft. Yeah, it's all about the shaft. We get up to the green. The ball's in the hole for Jake. It was so windy, it blew the ball into the hole. I'm for real. I called it a hole-in-one. Yeah. The Utah PGA says it's not. Technically, it's a two. It's a two. It's a two. Yeah. I'll cut your toe off, then it'll be one. Yeah, you have seven seconds uh, for the ball to go in the hole. Get buckshot, get bucked up, get to buckedup.com. Use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off your purchase at checkout. And I'll tell you what, guys, um, I am amazed. Why is... What happened? Somebody is texting me. Oh, Um, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let me get through this real quick, and then we'll read this text. Um... Bucked up, bucked up.com. The thing I love about Buckshot, I take it golfing with me and I just feel better. I play better. I had a six hole run on Sunday that was phenomenal. Drove the ball really well for like six straight drives. I mean, it all went to shit after that, but that's not really the point. I had one of my worst rounds of the year. That's not really the point. Shot an 89, including a six on the par three. He had an alleged hole in one on. That's not really the point. No, I guess not. The point is, I didn't have a headache. I had mental clarity, and I still played like shit. That's not Buckshot's (laughs) fault. Buckedup.com. Use the promo code MONTY25. Or MONTY20 to get 20% off at at, uh, purchase. Breaking ACC news for you. Now, I don't generally do this, but this particular source right here is the best source we have. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, hey, Monty, wanted to let you know the ACC meeting tonight is canceled. Um, there is a situation on the campus at North Carolina. Um, there has been a shooting. Jesus. And they are postponing all conference business until there's a resolution. Wow. I did not, and I apologize, I did not see. Apparently, there is a shooting on the campus at North Carolina, um, and there is they are delaying the ACC expansion vote tonight. Hmm. Uh, I don't – I mean, obviously this is – Yeah, if you – I mean, let's just look it up. This is a serious situation going on in Chapel Hill, apparently. Um, wow. Uh, let's see. Yeah, apparently there was an active shooter. Yeah, goodness gracious. There are students jumping out of windows to safety because there is a shooting. 
Um, this is a serious situation. Uh, apparently, the person is in custody on the campus at North Carolina. Uh, staff, wow. uh, a, a, a staff member was killed in the shooting. Uh, boy, this is rough. So all campus business has been um, canceled. And so this meeting tonight has been canceled. Wild. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, there's no way to make light of that, nor should we. That is a very serious situation going on in North Carolina. So uh, no ACC expansion tonight. Yeah. And I am certain that ACC expansion is far less important than the lives of the people and certainly one of the faculty members at Chapel Hill who were lost today. So yeah. um, that, <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up. No, I mean, it's, you know, it's, wild. it's obviously there's no way to predict or or prepare for, you know, an active shooter in this sense. And, and it's a real shame because I, you know, again, different show, not having the conversation in totality, but uh, the whole active shooter thing is tough, dude. It, it is an in the moment, have to respond right now type deal. And I think that, you know, I, I, I would expect nothing less. I, I agree. Handling yeah. that is far more important than Boy, that's a that is a tragedy in North Carolina. So uh, <laughs> I am not a believer that thoughts and prayers do anything. But uh, boy, that's rough. Yeah, that is rough. And let's not I see some of the comments, you guys. I'm not not fucking today. I'm not. In, let's not make light of people dying. Yeah, let's let's not do that, please. It's not funny. And I'm not going to read your comments about it. So please have some respect for, for the people who lost their lives today. That's a big deal. But let's move on and let's keep talking about ACC expansion with our newest member, Douglas McMartin. Let's, let's go, go, baby, Douglas. Dougie. Hell of a way to kick off the comment section today. Appreciate you guys. In all seriousness, if you're new to the show, please give us a thumbs up. Hit the like button. If you are not a subscriber, uh, we have three days to really do the impossible. Yeah, for real. Um, we had wanted to get to 25,000 before kickoff. We have steamrolled past that. Right. We're looking for 2,568 subscribers before kickoff Thursday night between Utah and, and Florida. Yeah. Uh, appreciate all of you. Our membership, you guys, you can be a member for $1.99. I get your comment highlighted in red. You can be a member for $9.99. That gets you to our Instagram members-only group. And I think anybody in the comments section will tell you that the membership group on Instagram is phenomenal. We all spent significant quality time this morning piling on Tanner Plummer um, for his obsessive, almost, <laughs> almost, I'm not going to say deranged, but. Yeah, but I mean, you know. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. I got to say, I think so. He loves Donovan McNabb. And, and, and I, I, let's move on. That's it, an issue. Look, it's Syracuse. Nobody wants to pile on Syracuse. Well, I mean, nobody likes It's Donnie, please. Jim Beheim. Well, you get it. Also a new member of the show, Mike Smith. Look at you. Mike. We've converted you. Okay, baby. Let's go, Mike. Good Mike. to see you. Hey, my guy and donuts with a $10 tip to lead us off. Imagine the Big 12 having six X-Pac team voting. It'll never happen. And donuts, 
I think this is a really, really good point. Yeah. I mean, a phenomenally good point. I think when you, you look at the Big Ten, and we had multiple sources tell us one of the main reasons Stanford and Cal were not invited to the Big Ten was because of politics and voting shares. Yep. There was real concern. Gene Smith at Ohio State, I was told by sources, had real concerns about changing the culture of the Big Ten and really the executive room, the meetings, the conversations, the relationships Yeah, by adding four of those members in addition to USC and UCLA, which would bring it to six. And I got to say, I agree with that. I think it's smart. You are, you, if you are the Big Ten, I would think you would be looking at these four new members from the Pac 12 and saying, hey, look, you're lucky to be here, yeah. dude. And USC and Oregon are going to be like, well, hey, by the way, have you ever seen my middle finger? Like, if, <laughs> and if I'm Oregon and USC, that's my attitude. But if you're okay, Cal and Stanford, you. you're like, well, hey, we're really, we're, I don't know if you guys know this. Um, look, it's nice to meet you. My name's Stanford, and I look like a tree, and I have, hey a, much, I have a much larger brain than you do. I'm way smarter than you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's I, – and I think it's a pragmatic move, and then donuts, as usual, a really good point. Yeah. I think that is a really good point. By the way, I, I also think that's why the Big 12 wanted nothing to do with Oregon State and Washington State, Stanford and Cal. Right. I think that was never a starter. I think ESPN used that conversation to prove a point. Yeah. And point proven. Point yep. proven. Yep. But I don't think – and I want to say it was Brett McMurphy. Somebody uh, tweeted – Brett McMurphy, I think it was, said they never spoke to Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State in the Big 12. I know that to be true. We told you last week – we didn't. nope, we didn't say Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State were talking to the Big 12. Yeah. What have we reported on this show? ESPN has been lobbying the Big 12 and trying to open up a line of communication to say, hey, as a fallback position, and ESPN was willing to kick in more money. That does not mean that, that the Big 12 was interested. Right. Uh, Aaron Gillespie for $10. Why not seed the college football playoff based on record? That helps other conferences. Oh, and your 10-2 and SEC team, tough luck. That's why it won't happen. And it's twofold. Okay, so if you're a P4, you're getting a member of the college football playoff in. You're, you're, you're in your conference championship. Those guys are in. The question becomes, what happens to the remaining eight spots? Well, one's going in the G5. Okay, so now you're down to five. I think you're going to go with the highest. I think you're going to go with the next highest five teams. Yeah. And the problem is, look at Georgia's schedule this year. That's a problem. I think that the reason, though, that they want to go with with they want to basically allow the committee to control those last five is because ultimately, what do you want? Control. You want to be able to say, okay, if we can keep the system as close to it is now, we know for a fact even in an expanded college football playoff, that LSU is going to have a stronger resume than a potential 
you know, low-end SEC or low-end Big Ten or Big 12 team, right? We know that Ole Miss is going to try and contend. We know that in the Big Ten, we know that Michigan's going to have a place, right? Basically every single year. Yes. So the the idea for the SEC and the Big Ten is not to just auto-bid everything. That's not what they want. What they want is, hey, yeah, P4 conference champions and one G5. Okay, great. But... But ultimately, what you want is you want to create an environment where the system favors the the resume and gives the big boys the ability to say, hey, we played a big boy schedule. The G5 that's undefeated can go F itself because we're a power schedule. Hey, Cincinnati, thanks for coming. Yeah, uh, you're, exactly. We're, look, we're the Lions. We're just here to feast on the zebras. Yeah, that's so, it. That's it. You can take your little hyena ass out of here. That's exactly what it is. And I think... You are never going to tell the the Big Ten and the SEC that, yeah, guys, we just want your conference champion because that's never going to be good enough. Yeah, we got to get Wachahatchee Technical Institute of Rock and Engine Building. They went undefeated this year in their pickleball league. We got to give them a college football Bro, what are you talking about, man? Not going to happen, dude. I also think this brings in that conversation because, remember, we're two days away from the college football playoff committee meeting. Yeah. And what does that mean? That means there's going to be lobbying because there's a massive G5 presence in the committees and on the college football playoff committee. If you ain't first, you're last. There's going to be a massive amount of, of lobbying for those, those G5 spots. And it's going to be simply a matter of how many conference games are you guys going to play? Oh, you don't want to give the G5 a spot? Yeah, I'm going to have to vote for 10 conference games. Oh, you want to give us an at-large bid? Oh, you guys are the best. How about we do nine? That's what this is going to be. Yep. Because if you're a G5, you have to fight for your place at the table. And how do you do that? It's the scales of justice, dude. You don't want to give the G5 a spot? The problem is we have votes. You're going to play 10 fucking conference games in the SEC and in the Big Ten. Imagine Murderer's Row in the Big Ten. As much as that conference has been overrated for years, and it has, right? Yeah. I think, I think we all agree that the Big Ten has been overrated for years. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State added to SC, Oregon, Washington, and UCLA. That's not a cupcake anymore. No. And if you're going to make those boys run their faces into each other, what's that going to do? That's going to knock people out of the playoff. Ask the Pac-12 for the last 10 years who have routinely, it's Jake's example of the hyena, they have, been, they have been lions feasting on lions because they've been playing each other. Look at the Pac-12 this year. You think, you think SC is, is a sure bet? Not in the Pac-12, you're not. Look at Utah playing Florida on Thursday. Do you it, view this season as a failure? Look at Kyle Whittingham. Did anybody see Kyle Whittingham's comment about the BYU-Utah rivalry over the weekend? When he said, a reporter said, well, it's back forever now. And Kyle Whittingham said, yeah, no, it's not. Because we know that we're going to play him the next few years in conference. But in five years, everything's going to change again. <coughs> Which is precisely why the ACC is behaving the way the ACC is behaving. <laughs> and I'm telling you guys, if you believe that Georgia's going to be able to play this BS schedule they're playing this year, and they're just going to get a free pass a la Ohio State and Michigan into the college football playoff, that's coming to an end. Because the G5s are not going to give Georgia a spot and take nothing. Because Georgia, and largely, largely Michigan too. 
That all changes in 2024 because of conference realignment. You're adding Oklahoma and Texas. If you think that you're going to get extra votes on the college football playoff committee from the G5, if you don't have, if you're Georgia, yes, better have Alabama and you better have Texas and Oklahoma on that schedule. And you better have, if Lane Train or you better beat the top five teams in the SEC. Yeah. And I don't care if you think the G5 doesn't matter because they have a seat at the table and they have a voice. Well, and I think the point is if you're a G5, hey, we have to grind our ass off. You want us to play as hard a schedule as we can possibly muster up. That's right. Where Where is your 10 games and where is your schedule difficulty? Because we're not talking – it's not just about the number of games. And this is what the SEC and the Big Ten have been hiding behind for a decade. Oh, well, we're playing eight conference games. What do you mean? Even though we've got some, you know, cakewalk for the first month. Wow, we're playing eight conference games. What what are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, dude, you're playing eight conference games, three of which are even a challenge. So That's a bill of goods, dude. Yeah, like your your season doesn't even really start until you were getting to the college football playoff. Man, we, oh, let me tell you, here at Clemson, we've got... Uh, uh, Hey, you guys didn't play Florida State this year. Yeah, but we've got um, 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 Clemson. Hey, Clemson. Uh, we've got Georgia. Well, I mean, listen, Georgia Technical Institute. George, I mean, have you seen that wing T bullshit? Program. Well, that's not the word I meant to use. I mean, Georgia Tech's a good program. We built this program on NIL. You can't spin it anymore. No. You, you either played a schedule or you didn't. If, if Clemson and Florida State don't run into each other every year, you have to play the best of the best. I could go on. I won't. I won't. Because, frankly, it's time for football at 50. 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. You guys, let's <laughs> let's run it down. Excuse my cough. I was telling somebody today, and I thought I had licked it. Not probably the best wordage that I've ever probably used. probably came <laughs> out wrong. Like I thought I had gotten over this cough. The post-nasal drip is for reals, yo. Um, football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Breaking news out of the ACC uh, just about an hour ago. The meeting scheduled for tonight amongst presidents and chancellors to talk about ACC expansion has been canceled in light of a tragic campus shooting where a professor was murdered on campus at UNC in Chapel Hill. Um, it was a tough day. Obviously, you had students jumping out of second floor windows to escape the shooter who is in custody, but there are fatalities. It is a tough day in Chapel Hill. They have canceled the meeting tonight and they have not rescheduled it. And really, who cares at this point? It's likely to be done. Whether that's today, it won't be. Whether that's Friday, hey, great. Today is not about ACC expansion. Unfortunately, this tragedy on Ch in Chapel Hill on the campus at North Carolina is going to overshadow all of the news. Another tough day, but our sources have been talking to us. We are in tune. Coming up in six minutes right here on the Monty Show, we will recap all of your ACC expansion news, the latest headlines, all the details right here on the Monty Show. We'll have that for you coming up. A couple of stories we got to get to on football at 50. Uh, in the NFL, have you guys been keeping up with this situation with the Arizona Cardinals? They cut Colt McCoy today. 
who was probably going to be their starting quarterback, Kyler Murray. Verticality is where we call him on this show. Little dude. Hey, little dude. Hey, little buddy. Uh, He is on the pup physically unable to perform list. He'll be out for the first four weeks of the season coming back from an ACL. So, yeah, we traded for Josh Dobbs. We're going to play him instead of Colt McCoy, who will actually win us games. Right. Are you on that train? Do you believe the Arizona Cardinals are tanking? 1,000%. You, you traded offensive linemen, traded, you, you know, you traded Isaiah Simmons, uh, a, a really good linebacking talent for you. Like, you're trading talent, and you're trading it away for low-end value, which tells me you're tanking for Caleb Williams, and it tells me that Kyler Murray hasn't worked out. And let's not forget the Kyler Murray experiment, right? You, you, you had drafted a quarterback. He didn't work out. Josh Rosen didn't work out so what'd you do then you gave him one year with vance joseph then you fired josh rosen you fired vance joseph you got cliff kingsbury you moved up in the draft irresponsibly to get who you thought was the jesus christ of all quarterbacks Jeez. under lincoln riley no uh, we know that sam, we know no, no no we know that sam hartman at notre dame right good talk right so you go out and get the savior known as the little guy kyler murray who has been nothing but a red ass and a pain in your ass in the locker room, hasn't lived up to it, looks lost against the Detroit Lions last year. Then, then, this offseason, what'd you do? You fired your front office and Steve Kime, Mr. 18 beers in a Ford Raptor that almost killed somebody. Then, you fired him, you brought in someone who totally changed the culture, who the players are having trouble marrying up to, and now you wanna tell me that you're gonna roll over your quarterback? This is exactly who you've always been, and this is why you'll always be a four-win team. No, Caleb Williams is going to look great in a Cardinal uniform. That black uniform with the red flake helmet. I know. I know that USC has put out a plethora of quality NFL quarterbacks. Oh, don't do it. But he, you know. Don't do it. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. Okay, listen. He's no Carson Palmer, but he could absolutely be Matt Leiter. Lefty, lefty. Sanchez was incredible. Hey, look. That butt fumble once in a lifetime from a USC quarterback, quite literally. My point is here, Caleb Williams is going to suck in the NFL, so no, why not, why not put him on the Arizona yeah, Cardinals? Why, why, not make feel your, me? why not make Cardinal fans drive their ass all the way out to Glendale to see a three-and-a-half-win uh, product? I mean, the nail painting. Yeah. We're going to let that happen here in Arizona because we're all about freedoms and stuff. We don't want to win games. That's why Cliffy works at USC, but we don't want to win games. Dude, this is tanking in its finest, and don't tell me. Do not tell me that Caleb Williams doesn't wind up on that team. By the way, again, I said, by the way, um, how'd you like Caleb Williams in USC this weekend? Jake promised you. He said he'd give everybody $1,000 if USC didn't cover. Just go ahead and send him your (laughs) Jake is texting me on on Saturday. Lincoln Riley's an ass. What did I say? Because now I want to... Because I was pissed. What did I say? I just want to look this up really quick. USC! What did I say? So, my wife is trying to go to bed because she did a triathlon on Saturday. A sprint triathlon. And I'm watching the SC game. So, it's 9 o'clock on Saturday And they're falling apart. They're not going to cover. You texted me at 9.09 during the SC game. SC about to cover your 31. (laughs) 
I sent, if you look in your iPhone or your Android, there's a GIF of a monkey holding money that's smiling. I replied to that. And then at 9.19, what did I text? Not 10 minutes later, what did I text? 56 points on offense, giving up 28 points to San Jose State is an utter embarrassment out of Lincoln Riley and his squad. I walk in the office after lunch today, and Jake's got a video of the USC defensive line against San Jose State. He's like, this is why we didn't cover. Don't this, is, this is why we didn't cover the 31. This you sons of bitches. This is why we can't have bitch. nice things. This is why Lincoln Riley is average. Fight on, baby. Winning, dude. Fight on, baby. This is why. <laughs> I don't want to hear about, oh, well, it's just San Jose State. Yeah. Is it just going to be, what, Texas or whoever the hell they're playing? Is it just going to be the Nevada Wolfpack or the Sanford Tree or Kenny Dillingham and his pissed off, you know, attitude at his media availability Notre Dame, today? our mother. Yeah, for real, dude. <laughs> like, when is Lincoln Riley actually going to be like, yeah, you oh know, my God. San Jose State's the same as, let's say, Washington or Utah or Oregon or next year, Ohio State. Like, I'm tired of this dude having a 60-point offense in a 30-point defense, Lincoln Riley. dude. The guy Lincoln, is... I hate him. It's just ridiculous. What an asshole. What an asshole. <laughs> Bob 50. 10 of the hour every hour presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do you do it? Oh, well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy, tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza presents football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. The official pizza of the Monty Show is Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you download the app. Uh, by the way, I see that uh, many of you, many of you are like, who cares? I'm a San Jose State. Well, Jake had put some ducats on the 31 to cover it, even though me, the sex machine, told him not to do that. I told you, take Notre Dame to cover. Did we cover? Don't talk to me. Don't talk to Notre me. Notre Dame dude. covered. Don't because talk to Sam me, Hartman's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I actually think he's got a chance. Notre Dame is going to win the Notre national Dame, championship. I right, pray for us. They're going to win the national championship. I'm telling you right now. You ought to know you bought it. I am telling you right now. Notre Dame's winning the whole thing. USC? Nah, bro. They didn't cover the 31 in their first game of the year where they were all on cruise control in the fourth quarter. Can you? I walk in What's here and he's like, gonna be? he's like, look at this. I hadn't even finished digesting my food. Because it's garbage. At this lovely, lovely turkey sandwich at Jersey Mike's. I try to stay calm and not curse. I walk in here and he's like flipping around his MacBook. You look at this. That's you want, what yeah. fucking ticks me to what, fuck it, Do you want to know why I hate Lincoln Dude, Riley? Bro. Look at this fucking guy. Look at this and he guy. He shows number me this, seven. D, this bro, D lineman. Number seven, Quali Conley. Yeah, I haven't heard of him either. <laughs> Six carries, 108 yards, and you don't think that's a problem. Come on now, dude. And 
There's a he shows me a video of a Jesus. USC defensive lineman like trying to one it's hand like, grab I, I, the guy by I the hear, back. What did I hear going into this game? Oh, it's San Jose State. They're going to run triple option. It's going to be no. Amazing. What we heard and was the defense at SC was far improved. Yeah, this isn't ass. the same Lincoln Riley defense. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it, it turns is. out it's it. Well, in the full, what was that third ass. quarter against? You can't give up a hundred yards rushing to anybody from San Jose State. I would State. be fine I, with I, it, dude. I would be fine with it. If it was like, hey, dude, they it was a halfback pitch and they got outside on you and everything was awesome. You were just so mad That's about it. That's not what it was, dude. They ran right through the left side of the line. The The defense even set the edge properly, and you still couldn't tackle, buddy. And then, to make things even worse, because I want to growl more, you, you let him break you off for 25. Like, come on. Damn. You're so fucked. And then the guy turns up the sideline, and there's three SC DBs there. None of them hit him. They let him run out of bounds. Jackasses. <laughs> and then, and then later in the year, and you guys remember this. Later in the year, it'll be Oregon, and SC will lose by five, and we'll be like, yep. "Yeah, no, no, it's no problem. Yep. They were at Autzen, and it's Autzen, and they, you know, yeah, whatever, dude, whatever." I, yep. My fucking ass. Notre Dame covered. Sam Hartman's a whatever. Star. He looked by the way, really good, dude. But Sam Hartman looked really good. Yeah, Forty, I said forty-two to three. Notre Dame, our mother. See, that's what I'm talking 42 about. Forty-two to right? three. It's not fifty-six to twenty-eight. No, it's forty-two to three. And and again, I'm with you, right? Your boy Marcus, not proven. What would he do though? Went over to Ireland, right? Handled the travel. First of all, it's Ireland. Ireland, and you had your beers. You showed up for the game. You you played your ass off. Your quarterback Whooped looked good. Wholesale ass. Now you're gonna come back with wing expectations. Tea. Wing tee, wishbone wing tee, three backs. We're gonna run all over you. Yeah, how'd that work out? The only thing that worries me, Audric Estime. Now listen, I'm just Monty, the talk show host. Yeah, I get I know. it. Hey, Monty. Hey, Monty. Look, I just I'm a talk show host. I'm not a running back. Right. You shouldn't fumble the ball when you fumbled a bunch last year, and they said, hey. Probably shouldn't fumble the ball. You're like, okay, won't fumble, um, coach. Yeah, him and Lincoln th- have something in common. I huh? think it's third carry. No, Lincoln's far worse. I think it's third carry, Audra <laughs> Custome. Yeah, let's carry your elbow. Let's get your elbow detached like your Monty trying to swing a golf club, right? Like, why would we swing connected? Why would we run the football with the elbow inside so that when they hit down on the ball, it would hit your breasticle? No, you run with your elbow away so the ball comes out, you know, and then what happens, Audra? <coughs> Yeah, we're going to sit you down for like 10 snaps. Idiot. Audrey estimate my ass. Anyway. All right. Good talk. There you go. All right. Hour number two of the Monty Show, as always, presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com. You guys, stop complaining about your job. Another massive story today. Another tech company forcing their employees back to the office. R.O. Return RTO return to off RTO RTO they call return to office RPO they said return to office or you're fired another massive tech company today to which I say hey if you're one of those people and you're tired of working in the office or being told to go back to the office you guys get to TridayTrading.com they have a 30 day trial membership for a ten dollar charitable donation you make that ten dollar charitable donation they give you their entire platform for thirty days. Experiment. Work with your coach. That's right. You get a coach, a personal day trading coach that teaches you everything you need to know about their processes, their systems. 
You win at day trading by getting in and getting out and understanding the philosophy that Tri-Day Trading uses that's made so many of their graduates prolific day traders. Did you know that their average full-time day traders who graduate at TridayTrading.com, they make $1,000 a day. That's $240,000 a year to baseline. Why are you going back to the office? Why don't you work for yourself at home in the home you've always dreamed of? TridayTrading.com, all oh, you want to do it part-time? How about two, three, $500 a day? How about $100,000 a year for a side hustle? Pay off your car. Pay off your mortgage. Get out of it early. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Guys, let's get you caught up on all the latest news. Um, a terrible situation in North Carolina has impacted ACC expansion a tragic shooting at the uh, chapel hill campus north carolina uh, a professor is dead others are wounded in a shooting that saw students jumping out of second floor windows just weeks into the the school season tragically again a professor is dead and acc expansion is on hold because the acc is going to freeze all operations until that situation I don't know as the word normalizes, at least calms down at in Chapel Hill. And there's been no, from what our sources are telling us, there's been no reset of this meeting. Um, it could be three, four days. It could be tomorrow. We don't know at this point. Obviously, the humanity involved in this shooting in North Carolina, this is taking precedent as it should over ACC expansion. But earlier in the uh, weekend, Saturday is really when when we really started hearing about updates on ACC expansion. And, and let's deliver you those details because they are um, really detailed and they are important. ACC expansion is expected to happen now um, this week. The ACC is close to adding Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Um, we thought that would happen tonight into tomorrow morning. Obviously, with the events in North Carolina, that's going to be delayed. But that's simply a matter of when, not if, ACC expansion happens. Our sources are telling us SMU will, in fact, take no distribution for seven years. Our sources are also telling us Stanford and Cal will split a full share. Ross Dellinger from Yahoo Sports tweeted earlier today, um, that he expects $72 million from ESPN and three new shares, $24 million each, $55 million after Stanford and Cal take 30%, SMU takes nothing, 35 to $40 million after offsetting travel costs, $35 million distributed via athletic and football success. And what this is telling you is it would seem – Florida State has lost their bid to get an overwhelmingly larger share of the revenue split in the ACC than they had previously, which is what has been holding up ACC expansion for about the better part of six weeks at this point. Florida State was pushing very hard to take a larger share of the revenue than anybody else in the conference. Florida State has not won a national championship in 10 years in football. They have not been to the college football playoff. I believe it's in nine. And they have not been relevant in the last five years. And it was frustrating. It caused arguments. It caused consternation. And it would appear at this hour that Florida State has lost their bid to gain a larger fraction of revenue than everybody else in the ACC. Now, 
What this does tell you is rewards for success on the playing field and the basketball court will be significantly higher than just the, the, the normal share, the normal distribution that everybody but SMU will be getting. It's time now for the rest of the membership of the ACC to understand that Florida State may well be right. And if Florida State continues on this trajectory, because there's no doubting that Florida State's heading in the right direction. If Florida State goes to the college football playoff, if Florida State shows that success, they will have earned a larger distribution. And nobody will argue that. My question is, and I don't know what you guys think, but my question is, is Florida State good enough? Do they operate at a high enough level to go to the college football playoff every year a la a Ohio State in Michigan? I don't know the answer to that, but I have serious doubts about their ability to do that. Yeah, well, the reality is they haven't shown an ability to do it because you haven't done it. And I do think brand-wise, yeah, they have a really strong brand. But having a brand and winning are two different things. Look no further than SMU, right? Having a brand and actually winning and doing something with that brand are two different things. And again, Florida State has shown the ability to have winning seasons. They've shown the ability to be relatively successful on the football field. But I'm telling you, it's two, there's levels to this game, as we all know. And going to an expanded college football playoff admittedly is easier than when it was just four teams. But I'm not confident that Florida State can make it into the top 12, right? I'm not confident because obviously I'm not confident they can win the ACC on the football field, right? Dabo's got a lot to say about that. And I think there are a couple other programs that would make their life difficult. But when I look at the the 12-team the expanded playoff, right, the, it's, it's more than just, hey – can you win your conference or not? Because if you can't win your conference, now we're talking about strength of schedule. Now we're talking about who have you beaten in non-con. Like, what are we look like? What's your resume? And that's what I think Florida State doesn't understand. Like, if if Dabo finds a way to win 11 games and win the ACC, let's say, that way, then that means you probably only won eight or nine games. So as an eight or nine win schedule, mm. does that get you into a 12-man you know, college football playoffs. Yeah, I think I absolutely not. So if we're to assume it does not, then Florida State's got real problems, yeah. right? And and so that's why I say, like, again, I and, and look, look, we see all the comments after the show and over the weekend. I know Florida State fans all pissed off that, you know, we're not saying that Florida State is some amazing team. And I saw the comments about how Brett McMurphy had them way up in his top 10 team ranking and all the hype. I, I see it all. But... I'm not going to start believing until I actually see performance on the field, bro. I, I can't agree. say, hey, you're quality enough until you show me you beat someone. And yep. I'd like you to beat Clemson. Uh, Badass 377 gives us $5 to ask, if the pack were to fold with Cal and Stanford leaving, would it benefit the Mountain West to take over the Pac-12 brand and rename themselves the Pac-12? It would not. Um, I think the damage done to the Pac-12 brand is is I, I don't unfixable, I, irreparable harm. Like I, I don't I don't know how else you would describe it. Pac-12 is dead, and the brand is dead with it. And again, I will simply say I think it's completely unnecessary. Well, and a lot of people were like, "Hey, if they can if they can merge with the Mountain West and keep it under the Pac-12 name, do they keep their A5 status as it was called at the time?" And the answer is no. 
I mean, we've had we've gotten that answer. It's it's black and white. They would not have been able to keep that. Yep. And B gives us two more dollars to essentially ask the same thing. No, I don't believe they will. Uh, Aztec uh, SD88. San Diego State jabs are a little much. Let's see where they are at playing UCLA, Oregon State, Boise, Air Force Academy for the next five weeks. Still have two top basketball environments on the West Coast with Viejas. But I ask you this. What does any of that matter if nobody's going to show up and watch football games? Nobody is showing up to watch football games. And I understand as a San Diego State fan why you will defend your, your university, as you should. But how do you get away from the pure incompetence that your leadership there has shown? How do you get away from that? How do you escape it? How do you get away from Adela Delatore making just a remarkably foolish statement with the pro rata that we deserve. How do you explain J.D. Wicker, your athletic director, going to Seth Davis, planting what can only be a, a, a time bomb when he says to him in a completely unrelated story, it's not a matter of if we leave the Mountain West, it's when. And we don't know where we're going, but it'll be the Big 12 or the Pac-12. <laughs> How do you explain the letter Adela Delatore wrote to the Mountain West and then tried to renege on that deal? And in that letter, asked for a payment plan. You know, And, and in that letter, asked for an extension. To go and do business with a group of people who have proved for a decade to be incompetent. How do you explain that away? And then... We're bewildered that 16,000 showed up at Snapdragon and J.D. Wicker again embarrassed himself sending out a letter to season ticket holders and boosters saying, please bring your family, friends, and neighbors. We need to fill up the stadium. And you didn't get half of the stadium full. In a palace, a beautiful venue to watch football. You didn't get half the stadium full. So you're still getting $4 million a year. You have debt load for Snapdragon Stadium. You're not getting concessions because you're not getting gate, so you're not going to be able to operate at the level you believe you should operate at. So if you're telling me, again, the jabs are a little much. How are my jabs a little much? What have I said that is incorrect? Because if I were you, I'd be leaning on basketball too because it's the only thing you have to lean on. Well, and I was going to say, with basketball – if we're looking at appearances and we're looking at what's happened, again, not my opinion, just appearances, numbers, this is what's happened. You you have one Final Four appearance this past season, right? Before that, you, you've never even been to the Final Four. Before this past season, you hadn't been to the Sweet 16 since 2014. So, yeah, you did have a damn good year in basketball. I'm not disputing that. That was a hell of a run. But... I don't think that if you're a if you're a P4 conference and you're sitting at the college football playoff table, let's say, or you're you're just evaluating San Diego State, you can't make the case that you have a great basketball program. Do you have a progressing basketball program? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Have you shown the ability to be a great basketball program? Well, certainly. You yeah. Have. But the bottom line is basketball programs are not made in one season. Yeah. And I, I think the consistency is a real problem. Lance Johnson, thank you for the $5. Very much appreciate that. Uh, let's get a shout-out uh, for our guy, uh, Bicklehoff. 
the newest member of the hey, Bicklehoff. That's a little different than Hasselhoff. And stuff. What? Is that a Baywatch reference? Yeah, it was. Baywatch and stuff. For the guy who hates that when we walk in the studio every morning, Samsung TV has Baywatch on. The rack attack! Yeah, and they do have some rack attack happening. Uh, Lance for $5. Lincoln is trying to revive the old pinball Big 12 League of the early 2000s. Who needs defense? <clears throat> yeah, dude. To cover the 31, you probably need to tap. Yeah, we're just talking about winning. Yeah, he won. James. The unofficial mayor of Cowboy Country, Okie State, for $5. I will be in Dallas next Saturday. Tarrant County. Tarrant County. Uh, no, he won't be in Tarrant County, actually. Uh, I will do a video of SMU's construction. Trust me, when it's done, SMU Stadium will look amazing. I don't disagree with Nobody you. Nobody doubts that, dude. <laughs> and, and I feel like we have this conversation daily now with SMU. It's not that you can't. It's that you haven't. Oh, dear. Oh, my. It's not that you're not capable. It's that you haven't shown to be capable. You have all this money, and I'm tired of hearing about, oh, the Brinks truck, bro. That's enough of that crap. Cool. Go drive your Brinks truck all, all the way out to Raleigh. Congratulations. But you have all this money. You're building a beautiful stadium for what? <coughs> Tell me for what? Because you're not making money for seven years. Yeah. So for what? Oh, we're going to dominate the ACC, bro. Okay, how come you haven't dominated the AAC, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we went to Houston. Congratulations. What does it mean? What does it mean that you are going to have a new football stadium? You haven't been relevant in decades. Oh, death penalty was unfair. What it, it is what it is. You're allowing the death penalty now to be an excuse. Decades later. Eric Dickerson, I, I, Craig James, neat. What does that have to do with the last decade of incompetence? But in all due respect. Football? You brought SMU football back. You have all these boosters and you have all these collectives and... What does it mean? We talked to one of the largest donors at SMU in a wide-ranging conversation. What's the one question he couldn't answer? Well, why haven't you guys won? You have all and, this money. Pardon me. Uh, uh, you're trying to buy your way into the Power Five. You're not Boise State. Boise State at least has won. Yeah, Boise State's better than you. Somebody, I, I, and I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative on SMU. San Diego State's better than you by a lot. So tell me why I should believe, and James is going to do a video of this beautiful stadium. Explain to me why it matters. What in the world on cow dung distribution does this have to do with winning football games? Yeah, uh, how'd Snapdragon work out for San Diego State? You said if we got this stadium, then we would have 16,000 people show up and almost lose to Ohio? If you build it, they won't come. Ah, oh, Brady Hoke, he's amazing. Because you can afford him. That's the truth. B for $2. What happens now with $400 million in Pac-12 assets? They're going to sell them. I, <clears throat> it's remarkable. You built a, or you were building, I'm not sure where it's at now, a, a state-of-the-art production facility in San Ramon, the East Bay. 
All your trucks, all your, hey, we're awesome at production. Cool. Somebody else will take it off your hands for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. That's what will happen. JC, better San Diego State than Fresno State, 38,000 average attendance. That's the one thing I will at least say. Fresno State has some damn passionate fans. Yeah. No doubt about that. Carrie Lee. But 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 San Diego State brings the whole SoCal market. That's why we're P5 level. <laughs> and nobody wants you. Who own, By the way, who owns Southern California? Oh, the Big Ten does. Amazing. Christopher Shannon still won't put 50,000 people in that stadium. You won't. No. No, you won't. Uh, Brandon Butler, SMU trying to be the Beverly Hillbillies. All that old money in the mansion you're going to end up in. All money. <laughs> the cement pond. You and your mom are hillbillies. I, I don't even think it's that long. That you, I, you could win. You build a new stadium, San Diego State. Two, three years? Shouldn't you be able to recruit? But why does nobody want you? I mean, the Pac-12 needed you and didn't want you. The Big 12 never called you. The ACC never called you. Because you're not good at being in business. Yeah. Plain and simple, OG Gary. But we all know that what city SMU brings to the table. I mean, it says Dallas on the front of all their uniforms, so it must be true. (laughs) Man, you guys. SMU has Dallas on the front of their uniforms. That must mean that SMU delivers Tarrant County. Holy shit. No, they don't. They don't. The Todd father. It's going to be hilarious when the ACC breaks up in 10 years after SMU has just started earning. 10 years. How are they going to make it 10 more years? I I don't know either. Uh, James, I'll make a bet. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, Jake needs to get back after his 31-point disaster. What a joke. If there are more than 30,000 fans in Dallas on Saturday, you owe me a cougar tail. Okay. I'll send you a cougar tail now. I don't know how good it'll be because, I mean, those express mail envelopes are quite – those are, uh, yeah, not good. Not – nope, not good. Right. And listen, I if if you're an SMU fan, isn't now the time you show up? I mean for I guess. the vaunted Laws and a tech. Does is SMU fan even following this stuff right Jake, now? They're favored by twenty points. Well, and and again, I don't understand your disrespect. Did you not see it says Dallas on the front of their jerseys? Dude. Can you do something for me? No, I can't. No, I can't. No, actually I <laughs> no, can't. Sorry, no. bro. Mm, nope. Hey, they might I would expect, I would hope that uh, SMU fan would show up. I would hope, right? I guess. Uh, Winning comes first, then the stadium. You shouldn't expand until there is demand. If that fan don't fit, you must quit. (laughs) That's an OJ. Okay. Uh, Shooter Texas. I read it on the internet, so it must be true. SMU brings all of Dallas, the entire entire Metroplex. Let's go, Fort Worth. Let's go, everybody. SMU's got a new stadium. Let's go. Let's go. Round up your steers. Let's go. Get on your your horses. We're going to SMU. 
Where, where is everybody? <laughs> right? Gary Wolf, nobody wants San Diego State because it's garbage. I mean. Because it's garbage. Am I going to say you wrong? ACC and 12 merger could happen. Nah, bro. Gary, please. I don't think so. I really don't think so. Uh, Mike Smith, SMU at their first ACC meeting. Guys, 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 we're here. Rest of the ACC members look at them and say, shut up and sit in a corner. SMU mumbles. Nobody puts SMU in the corner <laughs> as they go to the corner. Uh, dirty dancing in its finest. Uh, the Todd Father, grant of rights. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I like it. Jeremy Callahan, James, unofficial mayor of Cowboy Country, Okie State. You might want to worry about Oklahoma State winning games, too. Cyclone Steve, I understand and agree that the meeting should be canceled tonight. I just wish there was there as much attention given to the dozens killed in Chicago every weekend. Let's not do that. Wrong show, bro. We're not the gun violence show. We probably should be, but we're not. And I think, yeah, it doesn't matter what I think. Lance Johnson for $20. Appreciate you. Hello, Lance. Uh, tired of hearing about SMU's death penalty. Okie State's four-year probation in 89 was worse because we had to keep spending money for four years with no recruits, no bowls, no TV, and no hope. I'm a man! You needed to recover by now. I'm just going to... You guys go ahead and read the last line. Again. And again. And again. And again. Stop talking about the death penalty. All I ever hear about is Craig James... Oh my God. Yeah, I know what time it is. Who cares? That was a, that was a long time ago, dude. Like, who cares? Yeah. It, you, you have all that money, and it's meant absolutely nothing to you. That's the thing. T. Higgins is a badass. The difference between SMU and San Diego State is that SMU has a lot of money, and San Diego State is clipping coupons. <laughs> You're not wrong, bro. That's cold-blooded, dog. Like you, you don't gotta have so much vitriol for, for, for San Diego State, man. That the, the, they're trying to, they're trying to make some, you know, some bread. The difference is neither one of them is one, and I just keep going back to them. Oh man, our collective, dude. <laughs> have you seen? I, collective you, is such a niche word. But you guys, guys, our, guys, 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 all our this money in the collective. Have you? Can you seen measure it? it? The penis extensions that all of them got. Cock a doodle doo. Spent that money, bro. Like, what does it matter? N nobody, nobody cares. Win games. Win games. That's what Dilly said, right? Win games. Nobody cares That's, about your problems. Nobody cares about your circumstances. Dude. Yeah, dude. I don't care. I I don't look at this thing at Michigan. Have you guys heard about this thing at Michigan? <laughs> Michigan today suspended Sharon Moore for the opening game of the season as more restitution to the NCAA for their horrendous recruiting violations. Yeah. Horrendous. And yet Jim Harbaugh still thinks he's above it all. Still thinks he's above it all. And I don't understand it. Uh, I, is Michigan going to get the death penalty? They won't. No. Should they? No. TV needs Michigan. The death penalty is stupid. Should Jim Harbaugh be forced to resign and never coach again? Probably not that's harsh, but something like that. I think when you have recruiting violations along the line of AC, uh, ASU, Michigan, 
Coach should be fired at a baseline. You did the things you knew you couldn't do, and you knew that when you were doing them. And then, allegedly, Jim Harbaugh lied to the NCAA investigators. The Committee on Infractions turned down a four-game suspension for Jim. So Michigan gave him three. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Um, Jim Harbaugh should be fired. And he should have a five-year show cause. By the way, he does not win you games. You know. I mean, I know he's got, what, two or three national championships at Michigan? He's never lost to Ohio State. They always go to the Rose Bowl. Um, Oh, wait, that's a lie. Just like Jim lied to the Well, I mean, you wouldn't want to have to force Jim. Good old khakis. I said just like Jim lied to the – never mind. You wouldn't want to have to force Jim to have to go and work in the NFL again. I have no sympathy for these guys. No. That I mean, the, the, the out-and-out damage and injury they do to their program is nothing short of the advocates. I was involved in a hit and run accident. My chiropractor recommended me to the advocates. They completely took care of everything. Now that my case has been settled, I feel like I can go back to my normal life, all thanks to the advocates. The advocates, theadvocates.com, where you never pay a penny out of pocket. In fact, do you know you can talk to a premier injury attorney, one of the best in the business? Right now, online, for free, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, theadvocates.com. They're passionate about their communities. I love it. Whether you are, it doesn't matter where you are, Utah, whether you're in Phoenix, Idaho, it doesn't matter. The, and the attorneys at the advocates, they're the best in the business. Motorcycle accidents, workman's comp, injuries on the job, bicycles, running, any accident where you were injured, you should talk to the advocates right now, theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show. Um, real quick, I do want to get to this Notre Dame thing mm-hmm. because – a lot of people hate Notre Dame. Why do you hate Notre Dame? What is it about Notre Dame beating the hell out of Navy 42-3? to God bless. The eventual soon-to-be Heisman Trophy winning Sam Hartman dominating. I mean, it's what we do in, in South Bend. Why do, do, do you think Notre Dame is one of the most hated brands in college football? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that hate him, but I don't, I don't know that Notre Dame is more hated than, you know, uh, what? Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, I don't think Notre Dame is more hated than Alabama. No, I, I think that Notre Dame, I, do I think people resent Notre Dame because they, you know, are an NBC, NBC partner and are on national TV every single week and tons you know, of notoriety, tons of notoriety. And, you know, the ACC made an exception for them. And now it's coming back to pipe the ACC. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think there's some resentment there. But but ultimately, you know, when we get down to brass tacks, Notre Dame is another one of these teams. Notre Dame is notorious for getting to the college football playoff and playing Alabama, and then everyone's all happy when Alabama kicks the living hell out of them. And that's fine. That's who Notre Dame is, though. That's that's what I mean when I say, hey, there are some brands in college football that are super valuable, must-have brands, because they make the matchup that everyone comes to watch. Even if you lost by whatever you lost by, you made that great matchup. 
SMU can't do that. San Diego State can't do that. Cal can't do that. Stanford can't do that. Like, there is only a group of schools that make up the best matchups that we all want to watch when there's snow on the ground and turkey in the oven. That's the point of college football. Notre Dame is one of those teams. Notre Dame is an absolute staple in the Midwest. No doubt about it. On the West Coast, no. People don't care about Notre Dame the way they do in the Midwest. I, I agree with that. But I think it's really interesting that when you look at Notre Dame, I, I think that, that whole thing about the ACC I think is very accurate. I think there is a burnout factor on the attitude uh, of Notre Dame. I think there is a burnout factor on the influence that Notre Dame has. But hasn't Notre Dame earned that influence? When you have the reach that they have. Yeah. And that's what it is. Let's be honest. It's reach. Yeah. Which makes them... Money. Money. It's the same thing with BYU. It's the same resentment. Hey, oh... Dude, BYU, I agree with BYU that. only got into the Big 12 because of the ESPN contract. Yeah, you're damn right they did. You're damn right. Now, I don't agree it's the only reason, but you're a fool if you think that the ESPN relationship with BYU and Tom Homo's ability to schedule to, to satiate ESPN satiate. didn't have a full circle effect on them being able to flip the bird to the Pac-12 and jump into the Big 12. That's business. And Notre Dame, like it or not is outstanding at business. The non-con schedule are really, obviously they're independent, but the yes, their, their ability to schedule the biggest names, the biggest opponents, and get themselves into the playoff or in the, in the playoff college football is elite. They do it at a really high level. What did we hear? And, 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 and I think you were saying some of this early in the year before we even start playing football. Notre Dame's going to be terrible this year. Notre Dame is going to be awful, right? Young ass head coach, don't know what we're doing at quarterback. Like, you know, yeah, sure, Audrick Estime, but he fumbled a ton last year. Like, we're not looking great. And then they come out and handle business overseas against Navy, and everybody and their mom is like, Notre Dame, our mother, and everything's awesome. God bless. Pray for, like, dude, that's Notre Dame. So whether they actually win in our 10-win team doesn't really matter. They're yeah. on NBC every week playing a huge nameplate, and your ass is going to watch. That's what matters in college football uh, business and boardrooms and meetings. That's why Notre Dame is Notre Dame. Yeah, and I, I also think, and by the way, prize picks coming up in 10 minutes because uh, I think I have a lock of all locks coming up in prize picks. So in the description below, click on the prize picks link, download the app, make sure you use the promo code MONTY if it's not already in there. Prize Picks is phenomenal. They have a great, great promotion. A hundred dollar deposit matching, up to a hundred dollar deposit matching, a hundred percent. So if you put fifty, they give you fifty. If they get, if you put a hundred, they give you a hundred. It's a great promo for Monty Show listeners. We'll give you our Prize Picks here in about ten minutes. But I do want to get into this Nick Saban thing because there is outrage, outrage in college sports that Nick Saban is not releasing a depth chart at Alabama for the first time in his 17 years. He mm. is going to wait for kickoff to do it. And it's clearly because he has a quarterback controversy. So I think people hate Nick Saban in Alabama because he's had tremendous success there. He's the, the, he's the best college football coach in the history of the game. Goat. I think that's why this is a thing. But do you care that he's not releasing a depth chart? No, and, and I think what, what really bothers me about this whole story is like, 
you know, obviously we can run out the classic stick of, hey, it's none of your business, media member, whether he does or not. But the reality is it is their business. The media covers Nick Saban. They have the right to ask every question they want to, right? So yes. it is their business. That's not a valid argument here. But what I think is a valid argument is that people are missing the point here, man. What did he say? He didn't say, oh, well, I've got a quarterback controversy, so I'm not going to release the depth chart. That's not what he said. What he said is, hey, dude, it's a piece of paper. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day what the depth chart says because, number one, I don't want it to be a distraction. Everybody in that locker room knows exactly where they're at on the depth chart. They don't need to read it on a piece of paper like a child, number one. Number two, I need everybody competing like they're they're playing for a starting position yeah. come Saturday. Yeah. And, and so I just don't understand why it's so difficult for people to understand that because ultimately I agree you want your boys competing as hard as they can compete because anything short of that is not good enough and yeah Nick Saban needs to get to the business of winning something this year it's not going to be good enough to lose to super speeder Kirby anymore yeah I think there are a lot of questions about Nick Saban's ability to win a national championship again yeah and I think there are a lot of questions about his ability to recruit at a national championship level and still develop. Yeah. So as we contemplate that, make sure you hit the like button, please. That really helps the channel grow. And if you are not subscribed, uh, please do. We've had over 7,000 views on the show today, but we only have 241 likes. So please hit the like button. Uh, James, the unofficial mayor of Cowboy Country, says, I don't like Notre Dame for the same reason I don't like Penn State and SC. Put the names on the back of the jersey. I don't want to have to look at a program just to find out who made a tackle. Are you serious? That That's really why you don't like those programs? That's interesting. Jeff Woodworth, don't hate Notre Dame. No feeling whatsoever on Notre Dame. Gary Wolf, Texas is most hated and deservedly so. Okay, that's a Ooh. fair point. I think a lot of people hate Texas. Kevin yeah. Chittenden, Texas sucks. How about uh, Sarkeesian going off on Brett Yormark? Saying, you know, hey, because Brett Yormark basically said, go in there and kick his ass, Joey McGuire. And to that, Steve Sarkeesian said, I doubt uh, he's coming to spend Thanksgiving with us, which I think is hysterical. Texas knows nobody likes Texas. Yeah. Texas knows. You know, like, come on. I, I don't know. I I don't hate Texas. I I... I happen to have a lot of respect for what it takes to build a program. And I look at Saban, Sarkeesian, program. Kirby Smart to a lesser extent because of all the speeding ticket stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Mike Smith, for those that do not like Notre Dame like myself, just don't watch them. I rarely ever watch a Notre Dame game. And that's fine. How do we block Mike? He's, he's, he, people don't like? Is that real? I guess. That's disappointing. Notre Dame, our mother. That's disappointing. Um, I love Notre Dame. Uh, Sid Irish, Saban drama? Never. Exactly. Yeah, Saban tends to be a drama queen. Great coach, no doubt, but drama queen. OG Gary, when you when you great, you get a lot of hate, George Washington. And that's kind of my thing, dude. I don't think George Washington said it like that. Yeah, though. I don't think he had the slang in there like that, but it's fine. I, I could be wrong. Like... You can call, and again, respectfully, you can call Nick Saban a drama queen, or you can realize that he's in control. He's the one with all the cards, yes. and he doesn't give a damn 
what Feinbaum thinks. He doesn't care what Buddy the reporter thinks, who's asking him why there's not a depth chart today, man. Lane Train cares what Feinbaum thinks. Yeah, right? Like Lane Train. But again, but I think it's a great point. Lane Train, what, why does Lane Train, again, satiate Feinbaum so much? Because <laughs> Lane Train sees an opportunity because Nick Saban is Nick Saban and Kirby is Kirby. So Lane Train understands, hey, I'm not those guys, but I can I can get in right under them and, and I can work with the media and I can be that guy. Yes. And so then that will allow me to control the media narrative a little more. Mitch Trubiscuit, in honor of Monty. Saban, an elder, he's 70. He's not an elder. That guy's far from done. I'm a man! Far, far, far from done. Uh, Lance says, if you have three QBs, then you don't have any QBs. Well, he's got I one. I think he, he, I think he knows. Gary, Saban issuing a depth chart as in we're going to kill our opponents. Yeah, Why would he do that? Why would he do that? I have no idea and why. Notice, notice no one talks about the fact that he totally discussed Appalachian State in a super respectful way, right? He didn't need to go out of his way to say, you know, they run an exotic defense or they do this or they do that. He didn't need to do that, but he did. But yeah. nobody talks about that. I just don't happen to I don't happen to hate Nick Saban. I, I feel like maybe um you know I, I maybe I need to see the doctor again. Maybe I need to go back to thumb in the butt because I don't understand what's wrong with me that I don't hate Alabama and Nick Saban the way Cue apparently genius. everybody else does. Mm -hmm. uh, I you know, maybe maybe I'm running a temperature. I, I don't know. I, I don't hate Alabama. I don't hate Nick Saban. I I just don't. And I think that when you're playing middle Tennessee State and you're a 39-point favorite and the over-under is 51 and a half and you're supposed to win by 39 and the total is 51 and a half. Mm -hmm. Middle Tennessee is probably not. But then in two weeks, he's got Sark in Texas. Coming in, and I love it. I just don't hate the guy the way most people do. Okay, a couple more, then we got to get to prize picks. Uh, Alexander Smitley, Texas is the worst. Mitch Trubiscuit says, Tex-ass. <laughs> okay, Texas getting a lot of votes today. Steve knows that BY does not want to spend Thanksgiving with a drunk. Jesus, guy. That's not nice, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve... <laughs> And, and I could be wrong on this, I'm but I'm pretty sure I saw a thing where Steve was referencing the fact that Brett Yormark sent him uh, a letter. Yes. That said, that was basically about sportsmanship and handle yourself well on the way out of the conference. Steve Sarkeesian said he. it's funny that BY would say that because a week ago I got a letter talking about sportsmanship in the Big 12. Yeah. And then Brett Yormark went on – you know, essentially on national TV and said, uh, hey, go down there, Joe McGuire, and kick his ass. Hey, guys. <laughs> okay. Hey, man, you do you. Lance Johnson says whiners. Rick Forrester says Notre Dame is God's team. That's right. And don't you forget it. In God's name, image, and likeness. Mike Smith. George said don't start none what won't be none. Could be. Could be. Uh, Shooter Texas, just like Blazing Saddles, but we don't want the Irish. <laughs> Where are the white women at? What do you mean? Notre Dame, our mother. Pray for us. James, Texas, quote-unquote, Longhorn Network, drove out Colorado, Mizzou, A&M, and Nebraska. I forgave them once. I went to a game in Austin and ate some barbecue. I may go to Texas game just to get more food. <laughs> My guy. 
That is my soulmate. Just go for the food. Uh, and donuts. San Diego State created an island. They've become a pariah. Yes, they have. Bill G., Austin is a great place, but few go for the food. Okay. Roundabout. It's probably that long colon. Could be. <laughs> Could be my long colon. Bill G. says Saban is the goat. He is. He is, dude. Matt Riley, I don't hate Saban. He's the standard everyone looks to. He is. Agreed. All right, let's get to prize picks, you guys. Uh, make sure you download the prize picks app because you got about 10 minutes before you select Luis Severino from the Yankees on strikeouts. And uh, yeah, he is going to get five and a half strikeouts tonight. Uh, I love that one. Um, the one I'm really struggling with, and I want to pick. I want I want to pick Michael Kopech against Baltimore. It's only four strikeouts for Kopech. Yeah, that makes me nervous. There's too many other good options. Blake Snell with seven strikeouts against St. Louis. How do you feel about? I mean, he's I mean, been pitching well. Yeah, he's been pitching well. That's not that's not a bad play. I I, I look at Wainwright uh, or Snell. Uh, Wainwright, certainly. It's only three for San Wainwright. Diego's been slumping. So I would take Wainwright over Snell. Um, I like Kevin Gossman, six and a half against Washington. They're terrible. Um, that's not a bad play. The, you know the one I want to pick that I'm not going to. Jamison Tyone you against could, Milwaukee, right? You could do worse than Jamison Tyone. Four and a half strikeouts. Yeah. Uh, you could do worse than that. Um, there is a couple others. Um, I really like the total bases tonight. Hmm. Um, I love Jose Altuve is at one and a half. Huge fan there. Uh, Manny Machado against Adam Wainwright is one and a half. Love that one. Did you see Manny beat the hell out of a cooler? (laughs) Yeah. Lost his ever loving mind. Yeah. I like that at total bases. And then... Um, James Altman against Arizona is at half. So he's just got to get on base once. Yeah. I don't think that's asking Mookie Betts. Come on. Mookie Betts, one and a half. Come on. You're asking for trouble. I think uh, the hitter fantasy score is the other one I would point to tonight. Uh, Adley Rutschman against Michael Kopech. This one caught my attention this morning when I was uh, fondling through. Fondling. Um, what? Look at how easy this is for Rutschman. All he needs, all he needs to get to the seven. He just needs a base hit and then like a double. And if he if he gets driven in on that double, he's at seven. So I'll take more. Yeah. I'll take more on Adley Rutschman. Yeah, I'd take more on Adley Rutschman. Uh, I would certainly take more on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at seven and, uh, seven and a half versus Washington. Well, Corey Seager, who's arguably one of the hottest hitters in baseball all year. Yep. He's at eight and a half. More on that. Guy's a home run machine. Lindor at seven and a half. Uh, I don't know about Lindor. I am not a – okay, so I am not a Met believer. I would be very careful with that. And the reason I say that uh, is because John Gray is an interesting guy. He's 
got 111 strikeouts in a 3.76 ERA. He's a gas can. He is a throw hard guy. He is, but he's only had one. His game log is actually very interesting. He is in the month of August. He's a 4-2-4, which is better than July where he was a 5-4-8. Now, I'm not saying he's played prolific offenses. Right. But Lindor's a guy that could be interesting. This is the first game of that series, right? It is. Yeah, so they just the Mets just got done with the Angels, a three-gamer. In the first game of the Angels series, Lindor had 14. The second game, he had 10. And the third game, he had five. So Opening game of a series. Opening game of a series good. is pretty good. And I might add the two-gamer, I think it was, against Atlanta. The opening game, he had a 14. Yeah. I mean, it's just a home run. You can see on the – that's why I leave the graphic up there, yeah. you guys. But yeah. You can see on the on the home uh, uh, it's one home run. Bellinger at seven versus Milwaukee's nice. Yeah, I that I'm, might be one I'm I take on too. The uh, Todd Father love Prize Picks prop parlay field, but uh, but legal in Florida it is. It is legal in Florida. Uh, Teddy Wayman says John Gray Moore. You like John Gray Moore? Interesting. If I go, well, what is his? I didn't even what you, consider you, him on pitcher strikeouts. Yeah, I was going to say, is that for strikeouts or what do you got there, bud? Yeah, well, he's only a five against the Mets, who who just, I mean, they can't hit your mom at this point. I mean, John Gray Moore is a good one. You better hurry. I think that's just about, yeah, about 20 15 minutes. minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. Uh, you might look at that one because uh, I think that's really interesting. Um, but if you're going to take John Gray at five, why wouldn't you look at, you know, Chris Sale at five and a half, or Wade Miley at three and a half. Fuck Wade Miley. You and your Wade Miley. Nobody likes Wade Miley. Zach Gallon at five. Okay, I like Zach Gallon. Dodgers, but still, he's those, a, he's those, a strikeout those, guy. All yours. Yeah, I like that. Take Jamison Tyone. I, I rarely, I rarely, I rarely say it. Take Jamison Tyone. There's a lot of pressure on the Cubs. They this next ten day stretch, that's probably the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. So Tyone knows he's got to throw it tonight. Yeah. And he has been, he's been. Yeah. No, don't get me started. Mid. I'm not doing it. Teddy Wayman, throw in Monty's picks and add the two that I posted in the members group chat. Could be a great night, guys. Will be. Will be. He uh, Teddy said, yeah, pitcher strikeouts. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, it's not sports betting if you disguise it as fantasy. Daily fantasy is not sports betting. No. It's, and that's what I love about prize picks. Like, you, I love, I am a huge prize picks fan. Huge prize picks fan. I, I find it so, in, I've always, I've always loved daily fantasy. Mm-hmm. Always loved daily fantasy. Prize picks in the description below um, on this show. If you're listening on our uh, audio podcast, bless you, friends. Uh, don't forget Stitcher shutting down so you won't be able to get the Monty Show. Stitcher's like number four on our list of uh, top RSS people listening on our feed. Stitcher's number four. They're shutting down. Dang. Uh, matriculating over to a new platform there. But um, it, it, on the podcast, you're watching us live on YouTube. In the description below, try it once. Take my advice on this. If you want to dip your toe in the daily fantasy water, click the link in the description of the show. And do 25 bucks. When you click our link or if you use promo code Monty, they'll give you 
the 100% of what you deposit. So if you put up 25 bucks, they're going to give you 25 more. Now you've got 50 bucks, plenty to play prize picks. Yeah. Plenty. It's affordable. I love it. Do it. Um, roundabout, I rarely wear underwear, but when I do, it's usually something pretty wild. It is. It is. Yeah. Thongs. The Todd Father. That's my point. This is the only way to do this in style on fantasy in Florida. It's great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And it is so much fun. Uh, OG Gary. Bro, they got the University of Utah versus Swamp Puppies at 45 and a half uh, on the over and Utah minus six and a half. Take Florida to cover under and Utah to win. Parlay that. Dude, I think Utah is going to run the train over Florida. With this hurricane that's unfortunately going to hit Florida, they've got two that's going through Gainesville. Mm Mm-hmm. Why on earth would they not just come to Salt Lake City? I have no idea. I don't get it, you It's guys. one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I don't understand it at all. Opportunity to get used to the altitude and you don't take it. I don't understand it at all. I think they're going to get crushed. I think they're going to get crushed. I truly do. Uh, all right. We need to get to football at 50. 10 to the hour. Every hour on the Monty Show program. Hey, Monty. Hey, Monty. Uh, the Monty Show, the official uh, pizza of the Monty Show is Papa Murphy's Pizza. They present football at 50. 10 to the hour, every hour. Use the promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Why don't we uh, fight over Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys? Now, you know, it. look, it's just little Monty over here. Lost four more pounds, not as fat as I used to be. Um, who told you last week? Trey Lance being traded to the Dallas Cowboys is a shot over your Dak Prescott bow. I believe you told me I was stupid and unattractive for that take. Jake, I believe that's what you said. Mm-hmm. Funny thing is, um, turned on uh, Get Up this morning, and what were they arguing about? Oh, that's right. They were arguing about whether or not this is a shot over the Dak Prescott bow. By the way, did you guys hear the details that Jerry Jones did not talk to Dak Prescott or Mike McCarthy before making this trade? He made the trade and then reached out to Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. Hey, by the way, Dak, we traded for your replacement. I mean, Trey Lance. Now, in the near term, is Trey Lance a threat to Dak Prescott? No. Say it gets October, November. You've won six games, five games. You're telling me he's not going to get a look. Hey, how much was that extension they just signed Dak to? Oh, wait, that's right. They didn't sign him to an extension. Um, Look, if they want to run Trey Lance out there because they're tired of Dak, that's great because that division just got a lot easier. I I don't believe that Trey Lance is a threat necessarily to Dak Prescott. But you can't tell me he won't become that. I think the Dallas Cowboys are terrible at quarterbacking. Really bad. Good idea to tell Will Greer that you were going to cut him. And again, the entire game the other night, and he dominated. You still going to cut him? They're not good at footballing in Dallas Mm -hmm. with the Cowboys. This was a reasonable trade he's third overall pick you only gave up a fourth rounder to get him okay i'm good with that but you didn't go to dak prescott first and say hey we're gonna take a flyer on this kid because you know you're a quarterback and you've been hurt 
and we need to make sure that we're secure of that position. That's how it should have been done. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't even ask Mike McCarthy. What the fuck? Are, what, like, what do you say to Mike McCarthy? Hey, fathead. Um, by the way, uh, New Year is out of size 26 hats. They ordered them. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, here's your new quarterback, Trey Lance. Yeah, it's my quarterback. Yeah, I'd like you to cut uh, Will Greer. We'll see you later. Okay, thanks for coming. I, Jerry Jones is a terrible owner. Yeah, and I just I, I don't understand why surprise Dak. Why like Mike McCarthy? Whatever, he's in management. You no, know, just the coach. Yeah, but like it, it's not like that's going to end your world or anything, right? Buddy's not going to quit the team. Like it's fine. But Dak is a problem because Dak is the poster child of the franchise. We're not talking about Tony Pollard as the face of the Cowboys. We're not talking about you know Van Der Esch. We're talking about Dak and. Dak did a good job of not literally or explicitly saying he was upset, but showing that he was upset. And if I was Dak, I'd be upset too. I'm telling you. I, You know what I think is going to – the bigger story is going to be Will Greer. Because I don't think – I don't think you can cut Will Greer now. Not after what he showed you in the preseason. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell I me that this is not a huge mistake by Jarrah. I don't know why Jerry Jones took a flyer on Trey Lance. Let someone else do that. Let someone else do that. The proper move here would have been to start Will Greer and do it, do what you did, but don't cut the guy. Know what you have back there before you go cutting guys. Because isn't that exactly the Trey Lance thing? Now, at some point, you're going to have to play him, and then when he plays like crap, which is an inevitability, you're going to feel like an idiot because you've upset your starter for a guy that's never going to live up to it. And what? For what? For what? Yeah, I don't know. Because I think it's a huge, huge, huge. This is it for Dallas. You've got to win this. If they don't go far this year, you're done. Well, what's far? The NFC Championship? you got to go to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. You, you have to. Um, let's see. The uh, Todd Father. I read that one. My bad. Carrie Lee. Shout out. Congratulations to El Segundo Little League for winning the Little League World Series this weekend on a walk-off home run, by the way. Nice. Which was awesome. Um, Jeremy Tracy. How healthy is Cam Rising? He will play. Jeff Woodworth, JD6 out for week one is the rumor. Who's JD6? Am I missing something? Jeremy Callahan says boom, 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 boom. That's right, yo. Uh, OG Gary, Utah by three. It's either 21-24 or 24-27. 35, 30, 35, 17-21. 17-35-17. It's not going to be quarterback, close. first legit opponent. Derek Roche, Utah by 10. Florida struggles in Utah. Would agree. Roundabout, uh, to be fair, Jerry Jones doesn't have to confer with them before making trades. Call it privilege of footing the bills. Doesn't have to, but you also don't have to win yeah, games. Is that, is that what you're going to say when Dak holds out? Is that what you're going to say when you when the Cowboys are awful because they made an idiot choice on Trey Lance? I agree. Apple account S. Dallas fans are waiting for Jerry to go away. All of them. Agreed. If they don't win this year, I don't know how they will. Teddy Wayman, man, I hope Dallas implodes this season. I don't think they will, but it would be nice to see them suck at football. Oh, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, there's nothing better than turning on a Jerry Jones football game and eating a Papa Murphy's Calzone. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do Calzones. Papa Murphy's does Calzones? Oh, I think you mean I do the Calzones. 
And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with fresh ingredients and hand-shredded cheese tucked in a scratch-made dough. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. You don't forget the calzones. Order now at papamurphys.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, the official pizza of the Monty Show. Make sure you download the Papa Murphy's mobile app. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. At Papa Murphy's Pizza, Yankees are in the top of the second. We are watching that game very closely. They're one of our prize picks tonight. Um, I am a Severino believer. Mm-hmm. I'm probably stupid. Um, he's got one in the first already. He does have a. You know, he's got two. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> he's got two. Yeah. What was the number five? I think. Yeah, I, I like Severino tonight. Yeah, we'll see. He tends to go through bad innings like very quickly. Um, He'll give you six no hitter innings and then blow up in the seventh. Yeah, I totally agree. So keep an eye on that one. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy. Bucked Up Energy, the official energy provider of the Monty Show. Get to buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty20. To get 20% off your purchase at checkout. You guys, I say it every single day. I'm super proud of my wife. I married a rock star. I tell you that all the time. This weekend, she kicked more ass. She was in a uh, triathlon, a sprint triathlon. It was run, bike, swim, which is really difficult. She got through it. She finished second in her age group, which is fantastic. And she did it because she uses bucked up products to train. She used their endurance product while she was running the race. It's just so awesome to see somebody you love achieve like that. And it's great to know that bucked up energy, they make great supplements, whether it's her protein, whether it is her pre-workout, her Banff, her LFG, whether it is their energy drinks. Mrs. Monty every, every day uses buckshot. You guys, it's just a great energy supplement, 200 milligrams of energy, but it's also got all these brain food in it that helps you get through that that pivot table, that Excel spreadsheet you got to do, that last conference call at the end of the day. Bucked up, you can count on them. Their products do what they say because they use quality ingredients, buckedup.com. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off at checkout. A lot of, uh, lot of dissent on Jerry Jones, Mike Smith, turning on Jerry Jones' teams and eating Papa Murphy's pizza when Cowboys' official pizza is Papa Murphy's or is uh, Papa John's is Machiavellian. <laughs> Screw him. Uh, Teddy Wayman, there's a reason Dallas hasn't won in 25 years. <laughs> Jackass Jerry Jones and his bloated ego not putting Jimmy uh, in ROH pisses Jackass. me off to no end. Jackass Jerry Jones. That's amazing. Uh, Jeff Whitworth, my triathlon is drink, nap, eat. Seriously. She, she did great, you guys. I'm so proud of my wife. Amazing. Uh, as a Yankee fan, they are so hard to watch this season. Don't get me started. Do not get me started. <coughs> Should you fire because... Booney? So Aaron Boone, the manager of the New York Yankees. This team is massively underachieved. I don't think it's Booney's fault. They don't have the pitching that's required to be an elite team in the national or in the American League East. Mm-hmm. They don't. 
But having said that, their bats have gone to sleep at times. Anthony Rizzo's been hurt with this concussion. Like, you need a roster overhaul in the Bronx. And I don't know that Brian Cashman's the guy to do that. I, I really don't. You've got some really young players in key positions. I don't know that I would fire him. I, I really don't. Uh, Gabriel, Mrs. Monty for the Olympics. We need bucked up gold medal energy. Yeah, gold medal uh, and stuff. She did. Her goal was to be under two hours. I'm for real. I'm pretty sure or an hour and 50 minutes. Maybe she was at 144.16. I'm for real. And the best part was usually it is swim, bike, run. That's usually the order of these triathlons. They did run, bike, swim. And it was in uh, Provo, Utah. So there were like big uphills on the bike and the run. She got into the pool and just dominated. It was amazing. She must have passed five, six other people who just were out of gas. And she was zooming. And she said after the race, I'm out of gas in the pool. Like she's like, I had a calf cramp and dude, you would have never known it. And she just, it was so much fun to watch. So much fun. Derek Roche said, congratulate, uh, congrats, Mrs. Monty on second place. Thank you. Greg Hawkins, you stud. Um, Teddy Wayman says, howdy, Greg. How about them Orioles? Yeah, Baltimore is one of the best stories in baseball this year with their shitty ownership and all. Um, it is what what Adley Rutschman's done for that, that roster and the belief that he built in their ability to draft and develop guys. I think he's, he is a great story, what he's done for them in the All-Star game and I think it's amazing. Uh, OG Gary, Rizzo out, Judge out, manager sucks. We ain't got no pitchers, bro. My Yankees need an overhaul. I don't think the manager sucks. I'm a Booney guy. Yeah. I would love him to be the manager of the, the Cubs. Now, David Ross is actually pulling quite a few miracles these days on the north side, so we'll see. Jeff Woodworth, you do when they are cheap. 23 and talented. I don't know what you mean by that. Tell me what you mean by that. Uh, let's see. Wow. Kim Coulter says, LOL. Hello, Kim. Katie Raider. Pew, pew. Rack em. Good to see you. Mike Smith, Mrs. Monty wore out after the race. Monty says, so honey, 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 honey. What are you thinking for dinner? Monty eats alone with a black eye. Actually, you want to know how quality this woman is? You got to get yourself a wife like I've got. But all due respect. Uh, number one. She runs this race. We go out to breakfast with her friends. We, after breakfast, go home. I took a 35, 40-minute nap because we got up at 3, 3.50 a.m. to go to this race, right? Not only does she let me nap, then I go play golf, terrible golf, awful. With the mayor. It was, yeah, with Jeremy Bolton, the mayor of Montytown. Played terrible golf. I'm driving home, and she's like, hey, do you want me to go pick up acai bowls? Honey. Pick me up an acai bowl. It was amazing. And, huh? It glitched. It just, yes. Jerk. And then Sunday, I played some more really shitty golf. So, you know. Too hard on yourself, bro. Nah. I'm playing poorly. Uh, Jake's a better golfer than I am now. Uh-huh. And he won't admit it. He won't say it. Uh, would be hilarious if Jerry cuts Greer and then his QB uh, next team to the – he QBs the next team to a Super Bowl win. And, oh, by the way, kicks – the Cowboys' asses along the way would be amazing. Buddy can play. Gregory Krug, what's up, my guy? As soon as the Orioles moved their left field wall back, they became good. Yeah. 
moved it in, and it's made a huge difference, as it, as it has not in Detroit, by the way. Uh, Lance Johnson, fourth-round pick is not cheap. Oh, come on. For a former number three pick, a talented quarterback, you not gave a up a fourth-round round pick, number three overall. I think that's a great price. That's a great price. Uh, Katie Raider, Monty, has Jake met her? Met who? Yeah, who? Who are we talking about? What am I missing here, man? I must be missing something. I don't know. Somebody catch me up. Uh, Gabriel, I don't like the fact that usually marathons are extremely early in the morning. Me either, but my wife wants to do this half marathon, and I'm like, no. Bro, what are you talking about, man? No. And we at some point, we need to talk about this. My wife... What? I want her to golf more because she's actually good at golf. And she wants to do more races that are longer that require far more training. I'm just like, dude, I'm 50 years old, man. We're not getting any younger. That's a different. Well, does she prioritize racing over golf then? Oh, yes. By far. By far. Uh, Mike Smith, I got me a great woman as well, but she is trying to kill me. Someone call 911 and on the slide for me as she's watching me right now, please <laughs> stop. Elaine Tran, how are you? OG Gary, USC. Number one is Reggie Bush in receiver form. He's special. Do you guys, what do you guys buy about this Reggie Bush lawsuit? Because I don't buy much of it. I, this lawsuit was never going to court. I don't know why people can't see this. Reggie Bush didn't sue all the parties in his lawsuit because he thought he was going to court. Everybody's like, oh, he wanted, he wanted disclosures. There's not going to be disclosures. He is, they're going to wind up getting either kicked out or he's going to drop it. It was to prove a point mm -hmm. that people were talking about. He oh, it was a townhouse and pay for play. Reggie Bush got way, way more punishment than he ever deserved. Right. You're taking your Heisman away. Like It's just, he was trying to prove a point. He was trying to prove a point. Plain and simple, that's what it was. Yep. He was trying to prove a point. Um, Katie Rader says, Mrs. Monty, yes. Um, Nate SJ, can I just say uh, from the Mount West Conference, if I'm no, not mistaken, they kind of own the Western United States as a conference. Now they do. Yeah. Now they do. Truth. LV Seminole, Darren Woodson once said, Jerry was the best owner in the NFL, but the worst GM. All Ohio State is the worst. Okay. I mean, I can't argue with anything you just said. <laughs> Severino just threw 97 down the cock right by Cabrera. Let's go, baby. Down the cock. This cock. Right by Cabrera. No I mean, fear, bro. Yeah. I love Miggy's career, but he, come on now. What? The guy just, he can't do it anymore. Anyway, Lance Johnson, three years in the league, Jake and Monty, you're going to put him on special teams? Seriously. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, a couple more. Uh, I have an amazing woman. She actually goes to football, basketball, and baseball games with me. My wife does too. Mike Smith, Reggie Bush, uh, lawsuit is a big meh to me. Anyone else really care? Nobody cares. OG Gary, give him his Heisman back. I believe they did. I believe they did. Reggie Bush is a crybaby, kind of like FSU. Ooh. Well, wow. really? Okay. Um, Travis Anderson. I th uh, think Katie Rader was asking if Jake has ever met Mrs. Monty. Well, 
Sure he has. Why, why would I have not met Mrs. Monty? That's his mom. So, uh, Give him the Heisman back, but made of cheese. Let's see what he did there. Uh, is anyone else bothered that Caleb Williams won't take $500 to have his likeness in EAS NCAA game? I, I think he's doing the exact right thing. He knows he's the best quarterback in football. He knows he's got a chance to win back-to-back Heismans. Know your value and don't, don't digress. Yeah. Do not come off it. Do not sell yourself cheap. Do not do not do it. Because once you do it once, you'll always do it. Yeah. And unlike Saquon Barkley, Caleb Williams knows that he has to set the market. And he's not going to take 500 bucks. Yeah. Uh, this Severino-Miguel Cabrera matchup is amazing. Miggy's talking to Severino after every pitch. And he Severino is throwing 97-mile-an-hour gas down the middle. Proving a point. And Miggy just following it off. Proving a point. And now man. he's going to throw him a changeup. And we'll Literally see. Literally seven f- fastballs at 96 plus one cutter. Let's see if he th- has the balls to throw him a changeup. Oh! Right back at Miggy him, almost hit him right in the face. Holy shit. That was unbelievable. <laughs> wow, and look at Cabrera bro. celebrating. Wow, that was wild. That was awesome. Miguel Cabrera just about took Luis Severino's flipping head off. <laughs> I take back every negative thing I've ever said about Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, dude can still hit. And, and Severino wants nothing to do dude. with the trainer. That hit his glove. Yeah, he caught it. It just flipped out of his glove. I'm a little surprised he didn't uh, catch it. Oh, my God. That was that was unbelievable. Wild. Uh, Gary Wolf, does Mrs. Monty like Jakey Tuholes? No, but nobody does. They know reset. Nobody does. Uh, Lance Johnson, why didn't Jerry pick up Reggie Bush? Got to be worth at least a... Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> How dare you? Mike Smith, Mrs. Monty tries to set uh, up Jake on dates. Well, he's got a girlfriend. What are you guys doing, man? I mean, like, even though he's better. a virgin, he be does better, have dude. a girlfriend. Dude, be better. He he does have a girlfriend. That's the bottom line. Right? I mean, you guys didn't break up without telling me, right? Yeah, I have a girlfriend. Uh, all right, I want to run back the um, the USC disappointment thing because I think this is... So we did our locks, which your boy went to it too. Yeah, this pisses me off, dude. So why are you so upset with Lincoln Riley over the 31-point cover? It beca- no, it's not about the cover. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's not about the cover. It's, it's, it's about Lincoln Riley being the same old Lincoln we've seen the last 10 years. You don't get it. You don't get that defense wins championships, not offense. And giving up 28 to San Jose State... However much that piped me on my over-under or cover, the point is that that should have been 20 points, 21 points. The the extra touchdown there, while it's only one extra possession, one extra score, there's a point. Hey, we're not going to let you run a halfback draw through the left side of the offensive line and then give you 25 yards up the sideline and then not pop you when you get to the sideline. That's my issue. The defense, as usual with Lincoln Riley, is a problem. Because if you're willing to give up 28 to San Jose State, what are you going to do against Oregon? What are you going to do against Washington? Because I guarantee you that Washington can hang with you. I guarantee you Oregon can hang with you. Now, will you win those games? Probably. 
Probably. I would expect Probably. you to win those games. Probably. But that's not my point. My point is, is that everyone wants to say Nick Saban's an asshole for not releasing a depth chart, and everyone wants to give Lincoln Riley and his pansy-ass defense a free pass. And I don't understand it. We all want to give Lincoln Riley all this credit. And I agree, as always, Heisman Trophy creator, always has the best quarterback, always has the best offense. But he doesn't win because he doesn't prioritize defense. And it just gets old. Gets old. I had no problem with their performance. Now, I can't tell you I saw it because it was on Pac-12 Network. Yeah, you know, I had to go on YouTube and look at their incompetence after the game was over. I think... I'm a Lincoln Riley guy. I agree with you. He has a legacy of shitty defense. This was not one of those games. I think this was playing depth. I think they were in control the entire time. I don't know what more he could have done. I think the 31 was always an under. You're always going to... 31's a massive number. I mean, I would take the under on Alabama. Uh, at that number, at the what are they thirty eight this weekend? You got to take the under on that, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I, the under is just a surface level issue. We're gonna make excuses later in the season as to why they lost a game when it was a shootout. We're gonna make excuses and we're gonna say, oh yeah, you know, man, if Caleb had just completed that one extra pass or if his wide receiver had caught that that fade to the back pylon. Instead of saying, no, you know what? It's not really about that receiver. It's about the fact that they they can't keep someone from running four yards on first down. So they're 38. USC's 38 over Nevada this weekend. Mm-hmm. You taking that action? No. That's an under. That's an under. Uh, Oklahoma's 35 at Ar- on Arkansas State in Norman. I would go under. Okay. Oklahoma's a team that's got to prove. Ohio State's a 30-point favorite on the road at, at Indiana. Uh, I would take under on that as well because I don't know what you're doing at quarterback yet. Okay, what do you say to Wisconsin is 28 over Buffalo at Camp Randall? Over. You'd you So you I think, think they'll cover, cover that. it? Yeah. Okay. A&M, 38 over New Mexico. That's at uh, Kyle Field in College Station. 38? 38. Yeah, I, I, they're not covering 38. Bama's 39 over Middle Tennessee in Tuscaloosa. Um, Yeah, probably not because it's 39. It was 34, 31. Okay, Penn State's 20 and a half over West Virginia. Yes. You would? Yeah. You're going to cover You're going to have them cover that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, those are some of the biggest. I mean, Oregon State 16 and a half over San Jose State. That wow. game is in San Jose, by the way. Perfect example. When What day is that? When do they play? Sunday. Sunday, okay. So Monday on the show. Or not Monday because it's a holiday or whatever. The next, next week when we talk about that game, will, can't remember Buddy's name, their running back run for more than 100 yards against Oregon State? Because he did against USC. Probably not. Well, we'll see. We'll find out. Uh, Michigan's 36 in Ann Arbor over East Carolina. No Jim Harbaugh. No offensive coordinator. No, East Carolina is a little better than people give him credit for. Tennessee's 28 over Virginia in Nashville. No. No? No, they're not covering that. TCU's 20 and a half over your uh, prime. Yeah, they're covering that. That's in Fort Worth. Yeah, they're covering that. Okay. 
Iowa's 25 over Utah State. No. No. (laughs) These lines are ridiculous. Yeah. I don't have any problem with Lincoln Riley. I don't know why. I I just don't have. I don't have problems with it. It's just the premise of it. Okay. It's why Lincoln Riley is not, in my opinion, with Saban and Kirby or Ryan Day even. Uh, OG Gary, I never pick anything over six and a half, 13 and a half, depending on the game. Uh, wait, Mike Smith, Mercs, Jimmy Mercenaries, team from exiled Wagner group. Ugh. How about the Russians confirming his body? Uh, Ruff's official, San Jose State scored 28 points on the number six team. The ranking don't mean anything. Okay. Uh, Gary Wolf, Mike Leach came to Lincoln in a dream. Guys, 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 we don't need defense. Just outscore him. Yeah, seriously. I don't disagree. OG Gary, yep, Michigan ECU is 35 and a half. Oh, ECU. Lance, I had uh, I had about Texas Tech only 14 at Laramie. Is that right, Texas Tech? No, that can't be right. Is that true? Let me see. Hold on. What number is Texas Tech? Texas Tech. Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, they are at the War Memorial in Laramie. 14 points for Tech. Ooh. Hmm. That's uh, that's interesting. Tyler Shook better not shake. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech will win that game by more than that. They, I mean, how are you going to score with them yeah. if you're Wyoming? And oh, granted, Wyoming's 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 a ground and pound team, dude. They're yeah. just going to try and beat you up. That's, that's a good all. line yeah. right there, Lance. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Aaron Wilson, let's go, Rackham. Love it. Uh, Lance Johnson also says, "What about Texas Tech?" I read that one. How does that come up twice? Um, I have Tech winning. Is anybody have Texas Tech losing to Wyoming? That would be the upset of the year. Man, how how much would Sark love that? <laughs> he would love that. Yeah. Uh Jesus Pinto, 65 TCU to 7 Colorado. Yeah. I yeah, somehow I don't think that's coming to fruition. I mean Does Colorado give us three touchdowns? No. I don't think so either. Uh though I will say one of the more interesting lines this weekend is uh UTSA a point and a half over Houston. Am I am I dude, the only the one that disrespect though? It's real. Dude, I thought you said UTSA was favored over Houston. On a 60 and a half over. Wow. They're yeah, expecting that's disrespectful, dude. They're expecting some points. There's not a lot of close lines. Nah, it's too early. Uh there there really isn't. I agree it's too early. Texas is only 35 over Rice. That's interesting. Dude, like Texas, perfect example. Wouldn't we all expect Texas to put up a 50 against Rice? Right? I would. Like, isn't that fair? I would. 50 and then keep Rice to 10. 10. That Texas defense is going to be like 17 at most. But BYU's only 20 at home against uh, Sam Houston. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I think people don't feel as confident about BYU's offense as they would about Texas. Greg Hawkins, can't Iowa's offense score three plus against Utah State? No. Can their defense and special teams score three plus on Utah State? Most definitely. Am I the only one who thinks every team should score twenty one as soon as they're off the bus? Like yeah, twenty one points at college football is 
Nothing. I, I think it's matchup dependent. I, P5s, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I don't think that's a big deal at all. Ron Nolan, has BYU ever played ECU? Oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah, they have. Yep, Brandon Butler, I'm taking the under for a couple of weeks till the uh, clock stuff gets normalized. That could be one. That could be one. Uh, Utah Jizz says smart. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's your choice of words, as unfortunate as they might be. Uh, Kim Coulter, you, Houston makes UTSA roadkill. That game's in Houston, too, which is a little surprising. Jeremy Callahan, uh, if Texas doesn't put up 50-plus on Rice, you can kiss all those ridiculous preseason predictions. Goodbye. <laughs> well, you ain't wrong about that. You ain't wrong about that. Kim Coulter says, guns up. Pew, pew. Let's go. Lance Johnson, uh, always take the under on Iowa. Always. Always. Take the under. All right, a couple of non-sports stories because I'm floating over. Chaboy you know, is floating yeah, over here. Yeah. What do you guys make of this Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin thing? And please, before we get into this, can we not – can we not get all crappy about it this time? The last time we did politics, everyone got all crappy about it. Can we well, not? this isn't really politics. Well, though. I'm just saying, it, it, it's even the slightest ripple in the water of anything that even smells like politics. People get pissed. Should Tucker Carlson be interviewing Vladimir Putin, which, by all accounts, Tucker Carlson is trying to interview Vladimir Putin. Right. If on Twitter, on the Twitter platform. Yeah. Hey, if you're Twitter, do you want Tucker Carlson interviewing Vladimir Putin? Or well, on one hand, you're like, well, hell yeah, we want the people there. But do you really want Vladimir Putin to have a free platform on your on on X? Yeah, you know, I, I think that I agree. I mean, X is, would probably be like, yeah, hey, we want all this viewership. But, but I think it's a bad look, dude. I mean, you're... I think it's in, a problem, dude. In, in a way, like, uh, and again... I'm not doing politics, but I do think that no matter who you are, no matter what your beliefs are, putting a, the the dictator of the the country that opposes us most on your platform to do an interview, that seems like a big mistake. Tell me you wouldn't watch. Well, yeah, I would, but that's not the point. I think that is the point. I don't I would not You have a responsibility if you're Elon Musk. But I think Tucker needs the run. And Elon and Tucker are partners, so I understand why it will happen. That doesn't mean I like it or agree with it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think it's I think it's very dangerous precedent to set, because if you give Vladimir Putin a platform, one, there's going to be a language barrier, so it's going to be tough for Tucker to be at his best. And you know, Tucker is an excellent counterpoint. He's a great counterpoint. Debater, elite debater, the, elite. So you would hope that there would be a back and forth. But is Tucker going to be able to argue over Purgosian's death? Is he going to be able to argue over the relationship with Putin and Trump or well, my biggest, those things that everybody wants him to talk about? My biggest concern with it is, sure, topically, obviously we all know what we want to talk about with, with that type of interview. But my biggest concern just would be we all know the spin that happens when Buddy goes back to Russia. We all know, oh, yeah. like, would anyone be surprised if, okay, let's say the interview happens and then dude goes back to Russia and is like, yeah, Russian and us are now in a, a a partnership or something, like some ridiculous claim. That's what I'm concerned about. Okay, you're floating. We need to go. All right. Do you want me to start the music now or should I wait 10 seconds? Well, Timmy got pee a little bit. I have to pee. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. The Monty Show is presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. 
love all of you. Hit the like button. If you're not subscribed, please do that. Till tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.